BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Welcome to Geek Vibes Live. I'm Jason Inman, and you're listening to Geek Vibes. It's geeky, and it's vibey. It's awesome. Hello, everyone out there in Geek Vibe Nation. This is your pal, uh, Dane, actually, tonight. I'll be uh, hosting tonight. Um, Juwan's running a little bit late. He might not be able to make it, but we're still going to bring you the greatest in, uh, you know, uh, comp book movie news and stuff like that. Uh, we got Joel calling in a little while, and um, basically it's going to be a very chill night, guys. Uh, we have a friend of ours uh, calling in at 9 uh, just to talk about some DC stuff, and I'm here with Kanan right now. Kanan, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. It's been a good weekend so far. hope everybody out in Geek Vibes Nation is doing well, and I uh, can't wait to get the show started. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, so I guess, dude, me and you are, I, I, I guess, the only ones that are like, trying to work hard or whatever because like everyone else called out you know and but me and Kanan I know everybody everybody's slacking that's right yeah slacking you know uh Caitlin's unfortunately sick and uh Juwan obviously I think it's more work-related stuff and Nick has some type of disease called the Georgia game I don't know something about them playing like a Notre Dame or something like that that I I don't know much about football I know that there's hunchbacks in Notre Dame and Rudy went to Notre Dame I don't really know what the fuck he's talking about but it's me and you, and he missed, Joel will be he here soon. Geek Vibes Live. Yeah, he missed Geek Vibes Live for a Georgia game. Mm. He must be very uh, passionate about those Bulldogs. Uh, most people in Georgia are that, that like football. Um, I, I just don't get it because, personally, I watch them lose a lot of times when I go out to bars with my friends. Um, but now I probably have them all with a uh, a sniper uh, with a scope on my head for saying that. So I, I don't want to piss off. Any Georgia fans? Uh, go dogs, right? No, we, yeah. we love we love Georgia. Yeah, go go Bulldogs or Georgia Tech if you're go. a Georgia Tech fan. 
or, or unless Notre Dame wins, and then I don't really, I don't, I, I don't care honestly. Like someone was trying to make fun of me because um, I'm originally from Boston, but Kanan, um, someone at my work was trying to give me shit about the New England game, and I'm like. I don't care about football. I just, I, I don't. I'm, I'm a, I'm a geek. You know, I'm not saying you can't like sports if you're a geek, because Nick runs a basketball show. But either way, there's football and shit going on tonight, and uh, you know, we're gonna hold down the fort. We're gonna have a fun show. Uh, I actually want to talk about something that's not on the board. Hopefully, Joel will be here to end the conversation. But um, basically, uh, Bill Skarsgård, who plays Pennywise in It. Uh, had a very cool comparison where he was saying that he compares his process of trying to basically recreate a character from an actor that had already put a lot of work into it. With him, it was Tim Curry with the It uh, TV movie. Uh, with Heath Ledger, obviously, it was Jack Nicholson with the 89 Batman movie. Um, and he compared a lot to what Heath Ledger had to do with the Joker to his performance as Pennywise. I thought it was a very, 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 very cool concept uh, because it's got to be hard trying to, like, get into shoes that big. Because even if people don't know it's a TV movie, um, you know, most people think it's a big, it was a theatrical movie because of Tim Curry's performance. Uh, you know, people that didn't see it at when they were young, you know, later on, basically. So, uh, Kanan, are you excited about this horror movie? Because I have not seen this much buzz revolved around a horror movie in a very long time, especially with the Stranger Things uh, style tone in it. Yeah, I, I think the reason why the buzz is so positive is because this movie, while sticking to pretty much the source material, and even Stephen King said, you know, is thoroughly thrilled with how great the movie turned out. I think why people are so anticipating this movie is because it's not trying to be exactly like, um, as far as Pennywise goes, he's not trying to be like Tim Curry. Uh, you know, with, um, you know, Superman Returns, you know, Brandon Routh. You know, they tried so much for him to be like Christopher Reeve that there was so much backlash, you know, because they tried to imitate that. I think that's what's great about uh, Bill Skarsgård's uh, interpretation of Pennywise is he's made it to – they've made it his own. From the look to the mannerisms to everything, they've changed it. You know, they didn't go with the traditional clown outfit. They kind of went with – I don't know, it kind of looks like like 1920s or 1930s garb. I mean, it almost looks like – uh, kind of a clown suit from England, you know, like the old Shakespeare clothes where they got the little poofy thing around the neck. I don't even know what that's called, but that's it's kind of that outfit. Um, but not only that, but the movie just looks genuinely good. It looks terrifying, um, and it's, I mean, so far it's trekking, you know, really well to open huge, and it's the boost that Hollywood needs. So I'm glad they went that way. I'm glad that uh, he separated himself from Tim Curry. And that kind of, you know, like I said, that gives fans uh, of, you know, a chance to love the original, to to love this movie, and not sit there and say, oh, Tim Curry's better. I mean, Tim Curry's Pennywise is a classic character, and nobody will ever be able to redo it, which is why I'm glad he didn't try to redo it. No, and I, I completely agree with you. I think I think that was a very smart way of trying to say about it. Um, and I, I just mm-hmm. love it. The movie itself looks like Stand By Me meets Nightmare on Elm Street. And I love the original yes. Uh, yes. for all the cheesy qualities with the spider monster where you can see the strings holding the thing up uh, at the end of it. I love the original, <laughs> but this looks like an interpretation that's going to be a theatrical um, spectacle. You know, this is going to be a movie where you're going to go see it um, and be able to get a really good story. Uh, and it's going to be, uh, from what I hear, it's heartwarming and terrifying. 
which sounds like a crazy mix. Um, I love that people are going back to 80s uh, well when it comes to getting a bunch of kids, uh, having uh, much more of like a uh, coming-of-age story involved in, in stuff. Uh, definitely influenced, I think, by Stranger Things. I think that that's a big influence on a lot of this stuff, even Titans to an extent uh, with the majority yep. of their casting. You know, I, I, I like that because kids have an innocence uh, about them, uh, of them not knowing the world and being able to, you know, watch that theatrically through cinema and seeing someone grow up or have an experience that makes them grow up is a very, very amazing and even emotional connecting story for people that have already lived through stuff. You know, obviously we're not going to live through an evil demon clown per se, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, but I yeah. am very excited. I'm very excited about this film, Kanan. And um, let's just hope that uh, it lives up to anticipation. Uh, I've only ever seen one bad review. Uh, that I can, well, I didn't really go looking too much, but from people that posted on our page, uh, Monkeys uh, Fighting Robots did, uh, not, they didn't have a lot of good things to say, but, you know, every other outlet, uh, it's it's getting a lot of praise, and I think it's got a 92 right now on Rotten Tomatoes, so definitely going to go check it out tomorrow, um, and I'm very much looking forward to it. You guys should all the same, and uh, let us know what you think on the Facebook page. Also, if you guys want to call in, if you got a question or you want to make a general statement about the conversation going right now, it is 929-477-3781. You'll be on hold. Press 1, and I will buzz you in, if you will. All right, let's go on to one of our first topic topics. So apparently Disney, Marvel, so the whole entire streaming service, I'll, I'll, get, I'll get some history behind this. Disney's making their own uh, private streaming service. Uh, everyone was wondering if they were going to be taking their Marvel and Star Wars content off of Netflix then and putting it exclusively on this thing. Now, I, I, have to or I have to admit that I don't know necessarily if it includes the Netflix Marvel characters, like their, their, their uh, Daredevil and, and all those characters, uh, but definitely all the movies, animated movies and Star Wars films that were on Netflix are no longer going to be on Netflix, and they'll be now on this streaming package along with everything else they decide to release. Uh, and think about Disney for this. It's ridiculous that there's so many streaming packages, and it's going to get to the point where we're going to buy so many of them, it's going to add up to about a cable bill, uh, if you think about it, in retrospect. But, you know, Disney's doing this. They're gung-ho about it, and it brings a lot of potential. I mean, you, you'll be able to get to all their animated movies, all their live-action movies, a lot of their television shows. Maybe finally we'll have Gargoyles and X-Men the Animated Series and a lot of these uh, Marvel cartoons even. Uh, well, actually, I don't know if X-Men's owned by Disney when it comes to their cartoon series. I could be wrong about that. Anyways, but you get what I'm saying. A lot of, a lot of stuff, uh, plus all their Star Wars uh, stuff, on this one streaming service. So basically, Caden, I'm going to ask, ask you um, – do you think, uh, maybe you actually don't know the answer, and we can kind of play around with that afterwards, but uh, do you think that the Netflix superhero Marvel shows are going to be a part of this uh, now that Disney's taken all their content off of Netflix? And do you think this is kind of uh, petty of another big movie company like Disney to make their own streaming service to basically make all of us consumers purchase multiple uh, outlets um, do you think it will add up basically in our wallets? Yeah, I think it's definitely going to add up in our wallets. I think, uh, you know, we're seeing a trend. You know, DC's going that way, Disney's going that way. Um, you know how? You know, 
how long is it going to, you know, people will still have Netflix subscriptions because Netflix still has their own original content. So, I mean, how many other services are going to do that? You know, HBO has got theirs, stars has theirs. Um, you know, if, if every one of them's ten dollars or fifteen dollars, it's going to add up. I mean, people cut the cord to avoid paying the ridiculous cable or satellite uh, bills. So, and I think you know people are going to want these. So Disney knows that uh, you know they're going to have you know people that are going to you know want that content. As far as the, I think right now they're going to take all the Star Wars and all of the actual Marvel movies off. I think uh, Netflix did say that for the time being, they do have the rights to the, sh- you know, to the shows. So they won't be actually uh, taking them off um, for the time being. Now, I mean, that could change. And I think that probably will change. I think eventually everything Marvel related and Star Wars related will end up going uh, to the Disney streaming service. Um, it just depends on what the, you know, what they, they bring back. Um, you know, like we talked, you know, we kind of talked about this before a couple shows ago. You know, when WWE first came out with their channel, as a huge wrestling fan, everybody thought this is a great idea. You know, we can watch all the old past shows. You know, and of course, you know, you're pretty much getting a pay per view that's forty or fifty dollars for ten dollars a month. Uh, but they had a hard time getting people to subscribe. It was almost a year and a half, I think, before they actually had a million subscribers, and so, uh, you know, D- Disney and, you know, even DC need to look into that, you know, because uh, times are tough. I mean, not everybody out here can afford to continuously pay, uh, you know, for these, these streaming services. Uh, so I kind of agree with you. You know, I, I do feel like it's kind of getting to the point where, you know, they're they're getting greedy. I don't mind, you know, with trying to house everything. You know, what's ABC going to do? Just have all their stuff in one? So that means if you, go, if you have a subscription to Hulu – or you have a subscription to Netflix, you know, now anything that's ABC related, well, they are under Disney. So they, you know, who knows, you know, now you're going to have to watch everything under uh, this uh, subscription package or this subscription package. So it's like, when does it end? When, it, you know, Disney's not hurting for money. Absolutely not. And they know they have a market. Uh, I mean, there's mm-hmm. basically, they have us all, you know, uh, around their finger because, there's Marvel fans that are going to buy it. There's Star Wars fans that are going to buy it. There's parents that's going to want to watch their animated stuff. And what if, correct me if I'm wrong, but Disney, uh, ABC, they own ESPN, right? Yes. What if they decide to start broadcasting their sports-related content on one of their services? I mean, we've all, people have known with cable, that's going to be one of the last big, like, you know, stakes through the heart of, 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 of cable. So, it's crazy to think, but um, hey, guess what, Caden? We actually have a ghost, a relic, uh, someone that we never thought we would have on here ever again. Guys, Joel's here. Come on now, give him a little bit of something. <laughs> the man, the myth, the legend. Yeah, the man, right. the myth, the legend. Joel, what, what are you here. doing right now? How's it going, Joel? I'm uh, I'm good. I just got in. Obviously, it took me a little bit to get on, but I was uh, trying to set up stuff here with my mic and shit, and pain ass. Anyway, <laughs> we're talking Marvel and their decision to go uh, app, right, or to go uh, their own absolutely service. Well, that's right. It's not really that surprising. Like, 
especially after Warner Brothers uh, decided to go with the DC streaming app and shit, I'm like, oh, Marvel's going to eventually pull the same thing. If anybody has a has a right to do it, it would be like the Marvel side of things. But Disney as a whole is saying we're going to do our own thing, and that makes even more sense than just Marvel, you know, because Disney owns Marvel and they own uh, uh, Star Wars. And of course, Disney animated and all that, and like Pixar and stuff like that. So they have so much content they could put on there. Um, which, but I still need more incentive because just like for me, them moving off of Netflix, and we're you know we got their movies on Netflix, which are really cool and it makes you don't have to go buy them and stuff. Um, but I, I buy all the Marvel movies that come out. I buy all the Star Wars movies that come out. So it's not really a big deal to me that they're taking the movies off. It would be a bigger deal to me if they took the Marvel Netflix shows away. Like, cause then I'm like, fuck, I already got Netflix. Now I got to get the Mar, the, you know, the Disney streaming app to, to get that kind of stuff. So I need personally more incentive to go get the Disney streaming app. So they need to come out and say, Oh, we're going to have this show specifically for Disney for me to go like mm-hmm. what DC did where they got Titans live action and they got young justice season three. I'm sold. They got my money now. You know what I mean? It wasn't, it didn't take that much. I need something from them to say we were doing this. If you if you come here, this is what you get, and that's that's really what yeah. it comes down to. Yeah, I think it's like what to have. You're good. Oh, I was just saying that. Uh, yeah, I was just saying that. I think Disney's going to have to have a lot of original content. Um, you know, a lot of new stuff for people to really, you know, want to have this uh, subscription because I mean having the Star Wars movies and having the Disney movies and all that. I mean, a lot of people that are Disney fans and Star Wars fans, they already have that. Just like Juwan said, he's going to buy them anyways. I mean, if you're a Marvel fan, you've already got them on digital or you've already got them on Blu-ray. So you don't necessarily need a subscription service to see that. So you're going to, so Disney and, uh, and even DC, you know, they're doing that with Titans, but they're going to have to have a bunch of original stuff. Uh, you know, there are some old stuff that DC can bring back, like Justice League Unlimited and uh, uh, the Batman yeah. the Animated Series, stuff that people would like to see. But it's going to have to be worth the money. You know, you're going to have to just be blown away by the stuff they're putting out there. Uh, so I think more Marvel shows. You know, people are we, – we talked, I've talked about it on Twitter with people, uh, you know, seeing, you know, Ghost Rider – uh, yeah. or uh, Moon Knight, Blade, uh, just, you know, just, yeah, Blade. Yeah, I mean, Disney's just going to have to put that stuff out there for people to, uh, you know, be interested in that, uh, you know, in that service. For sure. Absolutely. And, you know, it's just with, with all these companies and them adding up with all these different um, streaming services, it's like, it's going to be about, like, what have you done to me, for me lately? Honestly, when it comes down yeah. to it, because here's the biggest thing. I'm not not admitting to anything myself, but there are people that if if they have so many different, basically your content's going to be out there. So there is a way because people are a hell of a lot more advanced, even if it's illegal, that they will go out and watch that said content, regardless if they're subscribed to your actual thing. So, you know, the only thing that I could say is that if there might be, I mean, look at these. Um, uh, the new uh, things that you hook up with your TV, I forgot what they're called, uh, that everyone has. I don't have one because I'm not trendy. Um, oh, like but Apple like TV or Amazon Fire Stick? Yeah, the Fire, Fire Stick and, you know, the, the fact, yeah. there's fact that there's different programs for that where you can find, you know, television shows that are on one of these streaming services. I'm not condoning any of that type of shit, but it's going to happen. Uh-huh. And will it happen more? 
to counteract the fact that there's so many apps they want us to buy and pay for. What do you think, Joel? No, I totally. I, that's the problem. It's like everybody's coming out with their own streaming service. I look at fucking CBS is gonna they, they're gonna only have Star Trek on their their streaming app that you got to pay for like a subscription. I'm like that's ridiculous. First of all, I'm not as big a real. I want to watch this show, but I'm not gonna pay to watch Star Trek. I'm sorry, I'm not a big enough tre- a Trekkie for me to do shit like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'll find other ways yeah. to watch. Um, the point I'm trying to say is that. At some point, everyone's going to probably go and do their own thing, and then it'll probably turn into – it's going to come back to cable at some point because that's the whole point of cable is cons- you know, consolidating all the, the channels and all the, the networks that work together have a package. And that's basically what's going to end up happening is they're going to do it streaming. You know, There's just going to be less live action shit um, in terms of cable. I mean, even then, you got streaming. The only problem with streaming is that it's – the, the, like, you know, like when WWE Network started, like they're live, it was not – 100% great when they first started So it's just going to take a while For all the Wi-Fi signals for it to work out So you can do like like I know they want to do ESPN And ESPN The best thing about sports is when you watch it live Like I don't, want, I don't usually like watching sports later Unless of course Because it gets spoiled right away So you kind of want to watch like a boxing match Normally live you want to watch uh, any Like Game of Thrones match. Right Game of Thrones I want to watch live as well I think that's a big show HBO's a big company but people still get find it. They still find it in other ways, though. You know what I'm saying? So I mean, it's yeah, because really... they can't stop from getting hacked. I mean, they they their <laughs> like firewall is like the worst ever. I mean, Game of Thrones. They might as well just put it out early and let everybody watch it at one time because uh, I mean, half of the episodes either got leaked the scripts and everybody knew what was going to happen, or the episodes were already out two weeks ahead of time. So HBO's really got to work on that. Another thing that I wanted to point out real quick as far as these subscription services um you know is if you have friends then you know you can just give them your username and password and let them log in and watch the stuff so i mean there's that's that's another thing yeah all the time i I do i'm not saying that (laughs) yeah i mean so i mean there's so many work there's so many workarounds to this that if you try to go out here and be greedy and, you know, just siphon money from people because you want it just exclusively on yours and then everybody does that, people are going to find workarounds. There's either going to be – I mean, the whole – you could just look on Twitter and watch the entire uh, Mayweather-McGregor fight. People were showing it on Periscope. I mean, so people are going to find ways to stream stuff and, and get it out there. So this – Trying to rip people off, just they need to, you know, they need to stop. I mean, if anything, it's just incentive, you know, for for people. I I don't want to say it like that, but I mean, it. A lot of people are going to think that's like, well, screw you. But either way, if anything, just realize that Kanan just said that he is going to be getting us episodes of Game of Thrones out earlier uh, than they're going to be released in 2019. So everyone, thank Kanan and give him a round of applause for being able to uh, accommodate us. Uh, Kanan, when do you think that will be out by? Like, Can you say like uh, a month, maybe July or something? No, I don't think they've even begun filming it. I think they're waiting until September or October. Da, so they da, 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 da. they got to wait for all the winters. <laughs> Winter Why can they coming? not just that... use fake snow? Just pipe in some potato uh, flakes or whatever like they do in the movies. And let's be done. You don't need real snow. Just CGI it all. 
You got to avoid too much of that. No, they got to wait. They got to waste the CGI on the dragons and the armies and shit, you know? And, uh, yeah, they're talking about it. What happened? How did you like this last season? Yeah. I mean, we had a special, um, but, you know, I know that both of you guys actually watched it. I, I love this last season of Game of Thrones, and it sucks that we got to wait, but it's kind of bittersweet, uh, very much similar to when uh, Breaking Bad, if either one of you gentlemen watched it, where they cut the last season in half and made us wait a year. Uh, basically yeah. making it two seasons, but whatever. But are are you happy with the season? Were there any problems that you had with the map jumping? And are you excited about next season? And, and are you, well, you have no choice, but are you okay with waiting? Uh, Joel? I'm, I, I I loved this season. I loved every season. It is my, hands down, my favorite TV show on, on the air right now. Um, I'm going to miss it, and I don't like the fact that we have to wait uh, over a year, possibly, to see the, the end of this series. That part sucks eventually, but, you know, it, it builds anticipation and all that extra shit. But, I mean, I love the show. I, I really enjoyed this season a lot. And, yeah, I could wait, though. Like, I don't mind waiting. There's so many things I have to watch anyway, but I, it, it still hurts. You know, it still sucks. But aside from that, I, I really – Game Thrones is awesome. Absolutely awesome. One of the only theme songs that I can listen to – uh, not even like unintentionally. Like I always listen to the theme, and it's it's I yeah. want to. It's not like one of those 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 TV shows. You're like God, this thing. Like like Dexter. After a while, its theme started annoying the shit out I, of me. Um, I love that. <laughs> that but, intro. Uh, awesome. I love Game of Thrones. To me, right now, Breaking Bad is still to me cinematically the best television show from start to finish. Game of Thrones finishes great. It can outdo it very easily. I never thought that a fantasy television show would get me that wrapped up into it. But I think it's their fact of how much realism uh, mixed with just, just how grounded the show really is compared to something like Lord of the Rings. Kanan, how did you like this last season? Yeah, I, I loved it. I think it's the best season so far. And the reason why I think it's the best season is it because it tied a lot of stuff together. Uh, that uh, last episode, finally seeing Daenerys, and Cersei and Jamie and Tyrion just and uh, Jon Snow just all there uh together um you know we were finally seeing you know you know the beginning of the battle with um the Night King and his army uh yeah I I don't like that it was short you know but I, they did stretch out some of the episodes uh they tied it together you know pretty well uh and just more dragons i mean <laughs> Any episode with dragons is just freaking amazing. So uh, Ice dragons. I'm really looking forward. Yes, I'm yes. really looking forward to season eight. Uh, I really hope it doesn't get delayed until 2019. Uh, if know. it does, man, that's going to suck so bad. Um, so I, I'm hoping that, I, I, yeah, I'm hoping that season eight does it justice. Uh, some of the stuff I've read, uh, I won't talk about it because it's probably fake, but if it's true, oh my God, I'm going to be so pissed if, that they would <laughs> even think about doing this. Because, yes, to me, it's it's my favorite show. Uh, and, you know, I, you know, and there's a lot of, I've watched a lot of great shows. Uh, you know, HBO is just on top of their game right now with, with their, with their shows, Absolutely. you know, even talking about True Detective coming back. So, um, yeah, Wired. this season was 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 the best. But I'm with Joel. Every Wired. episode, I mean, every season of uh, of Game of Thrones has been really good. But yeah, this season was was the best. 
Yeah, and, and not only the best, and this is going to be a horrible transition, but <laughs> someone that people don't consider the best Joker, which I don't think is fair, Jared Leto, guys, is also confused on multiple Joker store, uh, in movies. Uh, so basically, someone posted... Uh, all right, let me, let me start this over again. Someone posts on our site... A, a link to this uh, a Sunday we reported a couple days earlier, but whatever. So they reposted the uh, the news article about Jared Leto talking about uh, just breaking down how he was at first confused, but they, they're working on some stuff. I have a direct quote, and I'll go over it. But the person, I don't think actually read the article itself and just posts, I'm glad that, like something on the lines of, I'm glad he's gone. Who would you like to see play the Joker after Jared Leto? And I said, did you read the thing? Because that's not what's said. I, I, I don't understand these people that are, like, just because the headline will be changed or tweaked a little bit, they can't figure out the underlining tone. I mean, most of these articles that were posting this were trying to make it look like Jared Leto was on the out. Maybe I'm just going crazy, but I'm going to read the quote for you guys, and you guys can determine to me whether or not this means that Jared Leto is going to be back for the movies that they're said to be making, and that he doesn't really, he's not as angry as initial reports uh, said that he was. And you know what? To be honest with you, he probably was angry when he first found out, and I don't blame him, but that's besides the point. Um, I mean, think about this. Jared Leto is an Oscar-winning actor. Why did, there, is a, there is a part of me that says, why couldn't they just do an origin movie with Jared Leto's Joker and give us some more depth on that character with this whole Scorsese Phillips thing sure. uh, and not set in the 80s. I mean, you could still have the gritty crime of modern times and it really wouldn't really need that. But at the same time, it's intriguing and they're opening up their multiverse, which you both, you guys know that I've been wanting them to do. Uh, and if they have the balls to do that, and it's going to end or go to more Elseworld movies um, and maybe even build up to Christ on if they're, if they're able to keep their shit together going forward, then great. But here is the quote. I love the Joker. He's a great character, a really fun character to play. It's a big universe, and when you play the Joker, there's no ownership there. You have the honor of holding the baton for a little while and then passing it off. But there's other films in development, and I'm excited to see what comes from them. So that's his quote. Joel, where in there does that say that Jared Leto is not coming back to play the Joker and that he's angry that they're doing things with other people? Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't say that, and that's not the case. I mean, I can imagine he's upset, or because I doubt they went over it with him and said, uh, "Jared, um, we have this idea to do a Joker origin uh, without you." And I'm like, I doubt it. Kind of went. It, they didn't tell him anything. This is all discussions. Nothing's been completely greenlit. WV has not said anything on it. So as far as we know, it's just preliminaries, and in my opinion, it's all on um, like because of the fact that Scorsese has interest. That they're going forward with at least this movie, but the idea of them doing a multiverse, like an Elseworlds um, side universe to, to to counter their DCEU, I'm all for. And if they want to start it with a Scorsese Joker origin movie, it's not my first choice, <laughs> but I'll take it. <laughs> if you have, you know, if you have a chance to work with Scorsese, you, you take it. That's I mean, that's that's literally what it comes down to. Do you think though, before I pass to Kanan? Before I pass to Kane, do you think, though, that if they just incorporated the story and had it set, you know, a few years back and had this as an origin story for Jared Leto's specific Joker and his rise to crime, do you think that might have been a better thing? Because, I mean, it's not like Jared Leto can't act his ass off, you know what I'm saying? And it's not like Todd Phillips isn't the actual director. No offense to Todd Phillips, but, I mean, when your biggest movie is The Hangover, 
that's not like someone that we have to like give so much credibility. I understand Scorsese's got a hands-on approach and he's producing, but do you know what I'm saying? I, I get it. I, I personally don't want to see a Joker origin movie. I don't need to see a Joker origin movie. I didn't need to Me see Jared's Joker origin movie, but um, that's that's really what it can. I don't want to see a, a Harley solo movie unless it is Sirens. I don't want to just see her by herself. You know what I mean? That's what I mean. Like, it, I, I get the reason they're doing it. So that's why I'm not really upset with it. And the fact that they they explain it's separate. It's its, its own thing. It's an elsewhere. It doesn't connect to the DCEU. So that's what Jared has to understand. It's not really connected. And I think he does understand that. Because his Joker is obviously going to be implemented in other movies going forward, like Sirens and um, the Joker Harley Mad Love movie or whatever. But I, I Which I'm looking forward to that. I am too, because he's great, and I can't wait to see him get the chance to show off all his chops. You know what I'm saying? We don't even know if he's going to be in Suicide Squad 2 or not. We just we don't know. Well, you just get the whole Bonnie and Clyde or, or Natural Born Killers concept with the two of them. And I've even said that that would be a great story. The two of them on the road, killing people, Batman's after him, And Batman's the villain in the movie almost because you're, you're rooting for them to get by. Even kind of like Devil's Rejects to an extent. Um, yeah. But just obviously, it's not going to be that tone of violence. But right. you know, aspects of r- rooting for yeah. the ruthless evil villains, and even building—I would think that it would build Harley back into being an evil character instead of an anti-hero character, which is, I think, more important for her character personally. Uh, but, but, Cannon, uh, what do you depict from all this stuff uh, in his statement? Well, uh, you know, like uh, Joel said, I mean, I think. Uh, Jared probably was, um, you know, taken back by it because, you know, he is the Joker right now. They're coming to him mm-hmm. and saying, hey, we're going to make a separate movie. You're not going to be in it. Uh, it's going to be separate from the universe. We're getting, you know, I could understand him being like, uh, okay, why? I mean, why are we wanting to go that way? And honestly, Jared Leto's uh, role or performance as a Joker was not bad at all. I don't know why he's getting so much flack about his Joker. It wasn't his idea to put damage on his forehead and have all those tattoos and stuff. If you yeah. take all that away, his performance as Joker right. was actually pretty damn good. Jared Leto but is a great actor. Even even and, you two can you, you guys know because you keep up with the comic books. Lots of depictions of the Joker modernly between Grant Morrison's uh, run with uh, making. The uh, the Court of Owls and that Joker, shirtless, oh. Oh. tattoos, uh, mm. Grant Morrison's, um, also his uh, Batman and Robin uh, that he did, or maybe it was Frank Miller, that one, tattoos, shirtless, just kind of yeah. like very similar Third look. Morrison. So but I guess the damage thing is stupid. It should be a gunshot like it was with Grant Morrison. That was a cool tattoo that he had on his head. Uh, but anyways, Kenan, I'm sorry. I just wanted to say that. No, that's okay. Yeah, I mean, I don't mind him having tattoos. I mean, the damage thing is, it is what it is. To me, it wasn't a distraction. Yeah, well, I mean, it it is there, and people are like, why? But, I mean, the other tattoos, okay, that can be fine. But overall, him as the Joker was was fine. Uh, You know, they marketed the movie around him. Yes, his scenes were cut. A lot of the good scenes that we saw in the trailer were cut. I can understand him being upset. I can understand fans being upset, but Jared Leto does not need all this flack from fans about his performance as Joker. Stop trying to compare him to Ledger. To me, Ledger is the best Joker that we've seen cinematically, but it doesn't mean that Jared Leto was a bad Joker. He took a different turn. He didn't try to be like Heath Ledger. He didn't try to be like Jack Nicholson. So let's just, you know, 
back off Leto and let him be Joker. Now, as far as the the movies go, uh, he is rumored to still be in Gotham City Sirens and Suicide Squad 2. Uh, I know for sure uh, they said he'll be in Gotham City Sirens. I think Suicide Squad 2 might be up in the air. I guess it depends on what the new director has to say. But um, I don't mind the Elseworlds stuff, but I really don't understand. I'll watch it, but I don't understand why we need a Joker origin movie. If you want to see a Joker origin movie, watch The Killing Joke. If you want to know know Harley Quinn's origin, uh, watch Batman the Animated Series. Is the whole movie going to be, oh, I went to medical school, I became a psychiatrist, boom, I'm Harley Quinn. I mean, we already know her story, so we don't need that. I mean, I would like to see other movies in the Elseworld be made. Um, But, you know, I don't don't know the whole mindset with that. Uh, I think sometimes WB just goes on Reddit and they see fans like, hey, I'd like to see a Joker movie. And they're like, oh, you know what, this will be good, let's make this. Instead of actually... You know, making movies that would make sense when you have such a huge, uh, you know, like if you're not going to put Martian Manhunter in the DCEU, why not make a Martian Manhunter uh, Elseworld type movie or something? I mean, make a movie that people would want to see. I don't think people really want to see a Joker movie. I mean, yeah, Martin Scorsese is a huge draw and people will watch it because of that. Honestly, just 100% honestly, does. Any, was anybody sitting at home saying, man, I want to see a Joker origin movie? No. No, no. see, exactly. What have people been wanting to see? Reason. Martian Manhunter. Yeah, I mean, stuff like that. The only, I mean, reason, the only reason that it's getting any type of traction is because of Scorsese. I mean, and if Scorsese drops out, they need to just yeah, cancel that movie. Yeah, they need to drop it. They need to not even worry about it. If you can't, no if he drops out at all, that's it. We're not doing it. They just need to. I would. Just I would way rather them do. So I would way rather them do this Joker origin movie, whatever the hell you want to call it, Jack, whatever. Um, you know, make it so that, that it's actually. It, it's 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 part. It's Jared Leto. It's a part of this universe, and it's uh, taking aspects from um, the, oh, man. The Batman movie we were just talking about. Uh, shit. Um, Killing Joe. Killing Joe. Killing Joke. Take aspects of that. You could even do the story of the Killing Joke. He can even shoot Barb. Well, I guess no. We haven't really interpreted that. But do something like that and show Jared Leto's progression to him rising to crime instead. And then when it comes to um, this this apparent, you know, them on the road thing, make that also more about Mad Love, the original story between Harley Quinn and and Jared Leto. Get people to like Jared Leto because you fucked that up, Warner Brothers, by completely taking out or making David Ayer cut the movie, uh, you know, with most of the scenes out of it. I don't understand where where that was intelligent at all. Uh, but you know, it, it's 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 irritating. Does anyone have like a last statement they want to say, Joel? Yeah, like one last thing. Like, just don't give people a reason to compare. A, a joker that people are not 100% sold on. Like, why would you do that to yourself? You know, people are not 100% sold on Jared. So let's go get another joker so they can complain and say we want that joker and not Jared. It's not fair to Jared. So you, yeah. can, so you can build up the Christ on infinite earth and then that joker that's more popular can, like, kill Jared Leto's joker. And then they do sure. something like that like they've done the comics. I mean, it's it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's ridiculous. Don't put yourself in that position. Uh, 
Yeah, we should have the, the – if this is the best Batman, this has got to be the best Joker technically comic book-wise. You know what I'm saying? Right. Because it kind of, like, reflects Ben Affleck's Batman to an extent because that's his biggest enemy. So, so I want to see that type try. of enemy person. Exactly. Ugh. All right. Well, let's move on, guys, to another conversation. Um, very uh, strange one. Um, Jessica Chastain says she will not be playing Lilandra in X-Men Apocalypse. Um yeah. My fucking question is, who the hell is she playing? Like, Melander <laughs> made the most sense. Uh, they're going to have, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, they're going to be included with the Shi'ar Empire in this. So who could Jessica Chastain be playing that would make sense? I'm also, like, I don't think they would do this, but is she playing maybe Rachel Summers that's older, that's coming back to warn them or something like that? I have no idea. I'm just wondering what would make sense for her to play within these movies. Um, but uh, let, let, let's start off with you, Joel. Who do you think, now that we know that Jessica Chastain is not playing Lilandra, who could she possibly be playing in X-Men Apocalypse? Uh, I'm clueless and completely kind of nervous now <laughs> because uh, I I want them to go to space. I want to see the Shi'ar, and I want to see Lilandra. I don't have to see Lilandra per, per se, but I do want to see them go to space. I do want to see the Shi'ar, and you can't have the Shi'ar and not have Lalonde. It doesn't make any sense. I, I, I'm a little nervous, though, because I remember the last statement we heard from, um, what's his name, uh, the director? Uh, oh, man, I forgot the director's name. Um, oh, oh, God. The, the writer. Name. Uh, yeah. shit. I was going to say Brian Kimber. Singer, but it's Simon not. Kim- yeah, Simon, Simon Kimberg. So, yeah, Simon Kimberg said that he wanted to ground it. I'm like, all right, uh, that's not, that's not. I mean, I understand where I guess where he's going with it. It's not the best words I wanted to hear when I'm talking when you're talking about the Dark Phoenix saga. No, we want intergalactic. Right, I want something cosmic. <laughs> I want something a little cosmic, like a little balance. And and it makes me nervous that I'm like, now we don't know who she's playing if she's being serious, which I, I'm, I'm just gonna assume she is. Like, why would you? That's a good point. That's a good point. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know for sure. And I remember um, she did quote uh, on another thing uh, a couple months ago that she's going to make um, uh, Xavier cry. What's his name? Uh, McAvoy cry. So I'm like, maybe she's still playing a villain in some capacity. So maybe that, there's still hope there that she's she playing be somebody, some type of. I mean, that's a possibility, like, right? I guess that's not a bad sister, idea. The, the evil one. Yeah. Yeah, maybe maybe it is uh, Lalander's sister, and then there's another person playing Lalander. I mean, it's possible. It's possible. I just wanted to. Go, I just want to know for sure. I thought that, that Joe Lee involved. was in talks for a while, uh, Joel, to play Lalandra. Was that just BS? And oh, then uh, Chastain took over those rumors. It was just a rumor that she was going to be playing Lalandra, and then of course it just switched over to, to Chastain. But nothing got confirmed. I don't think we still have any confirmation on who's who. We just know they're like we know Chastain's involved. We don't know anything about Joe Lee being involved, as far as I know. Well, I'm, I'm saying if, if we get if we get Chastain as Deathbird and if we get uh, Jolie as uh, Lalandra, fuck yeah. Because also, oh, a lot of people don't realize, I mean, we brought it up, Wanted, uh, James McAvoy and, and uh, Angelina Jolie had some nice little steamy scenes in that movie. So it makes sense sure. to uh, go back to that. Um, Kanan, sure. how do you feel about uh, Jessica Chastain saying she's not playing Lalandra in X-Men Apocalypse? I mean, it pretty much changes what everybody felt like the movie was going to, you know, the direction the movie was going to go. But I think now it will just be, um, you know, finding out, you know, who exactly she would play. I mean, well, that that would be pretty crazy, too. 
uh, like Joel said, if they got uh, Angelina Jolie to come on, I mean, that movie would be pretty heavily stacked star-wise, um, you know, especially with both Chastain and uh, Jolie playing, you know, potential villains. Fast Fender. Yeah, I have, I, yeah, I know. And That'd even with, uh, with uh, Jennifer Lawrence. Lawrence saying she was coming back, but which, you know, I kind of wish she wasn't. They got but, a big cast. James McAvoy. That's crazy. Sophie yeah, Turner. Yeah, they, yeah, they've done be a good big job cast. of uh, casting them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, I have no, I have no idea who who she who she could be playing. And I don't think, I think now that that's thrown out, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm clueless. I am. Too, it'll be but, somebody. Um, it'll probably be somebody that will have, uh, you know, uh, probably has something to do with pushing Jean to her, uh, you know, Phoenix. You know, someone will push her to that side. Yeah, this is a weird true. concept. Well, what if, I don't think this is going to happen, but what if there's a scene where Jennifer Lawrence's mystique takes on some chick who actually is Jessica Chastain, and she kills her and then takes her identity and just switches actresses? <laughs> like, because I'm just trying to figure out how the fuck they're going to transition out of that one. Um, and I would rather Jessica Chastain at this point. I love Jennifer Lawrence as an actress, but I, she's been mailing it in for the last two movies. Uh, she, but she's been like Bruce Willis in the last 10 years of his fucking career. Um, you know, and I would love Jessica Chastain to take over that role that specifically, but I don't think that that's actually the case. Um, I don't know. Uh, it's, it's, it's interesting. Uh, I guess we'll find out more about this movie. I really just, I want, I want them to really strike it out of the park with this one because they've done so well on solo movies outside their parameters with Logan and Deadpool. And they did such a good job, I think with first class and Days of future past, especially that apocalypse was such a blow. Like, it wasn't as bad as, as X-Men 3 to me at all. It wasn't as bad as, as uh, Origins Wolverine, which both those movies have redeeming qualities. I don't care what you say. I like the first half of uh, X-Men Origins Wolverine just because of uh, Leif Schreiber as Sabretooth. Uh, and then it went to shit, a tunnel of shit at the end of it. But these X-Men movies are strong. They've been doing it longer than anyone's been doing it. And I want to continue to see them flourish. i got a lot of cool films coming out, like New Mutants. So... Yeah. This one's got to do pretty well. And to me, this one's got to have something. I mean, they're probably not. This is going to have something where it resets everything so that everyone is in the same friggin' universe. I just don't understand how they're going to keep on doing that aspect. Uh, do, you, yeah, do you feel, yeah. Joel, that, that, that they're going to change things? I mean, you can. Phoenix means resurrection. I mean, we all know that. So technically, at the end of it, Jean Grey maybe sacrificed herself. Can they reset it, or is it too far gone that you should just keep things separate and say screw it and not care if, if any of the characters really interact uh, from these different time sections? I don't think they care at this point because they had their chance of being <laughs> And, you know, that's, that's what it comes down to. I don't think they give a shit because, like, they, Days of Future Past is the best opportunity for them to reset and go forward and do and have all the things they need to do. Perfect. And yeah, the they were came. supposed to. And I know, and then they apocalypse came out, and they kind of he did again. Brian Singer well, did whatever the fuck he wanted to do, let, and we got what we got, which wasn't terrible, but it wasn't great. And and now I'm really clueless as to what Dark Phoenix holds, and I'm excited that there's a different director attached, but that's that's as far as it goes right now. Well, you know, and it's funny because you you brought up that Days of Future Past. They were supposed to have an actor that was supposed to be playing Wolverine taken forward that, you know, once 
Hugh Jackman decided to go back. Um, right. You know, but then all of a sudden during the same time period, they offered him the role of Logan, and he decided that might be the better thing. They could have still just done it and give us a younger Wolverine. Back then, they might have right. been able to get Tom Hardy for the project and just set up mm-hmm. because this is going to be a, this is now because of Logan. If we didn't have if we had someone already established that was younger, it wouldn't matter. You right. could do Hugh Jackman's last movie as Logan, and then we already have this guy that's him younger taking over the whole entire range. But now it's going right. to be so hard to get Wolverine, the biggest character in X Men, back within the right. franchise because of what right. you set within your films. So that, that, that to me is crazy. Uh, Kanan, how, how do you feel about all this? Well, I, I, think, I think Logan was the end of the old uh, X-Men. I don't think we'll see, um, I don't think we'll I see them in the, in the future movies. I think that was kind of the end for them. You know, it was the end for Xavier. It was the end for Wolverine. I think from right. here on out they're going to go with the, the cast they have. Um, you know, Fastbender, they'll know they'll add more people. Uh, I'm sure now it's just if those people that they have now, McAvoy, Fastbender, stuff like that, are going to want to come back for additional movies, uh, you know, then where do they go? Um, but I don't. Uh, I think that's. I think they're just going to have to build off where they did from Apocalypse and, and just go forward. And you know, hopefully the new director that's on uh, Dark Phoenix. Yeah, will you know, kind of, kind of write it. Well, anyways, know. should we move on to the next topic? Yeah, this was depressing. Yes, <laughs> it's a little bit depressing. All right, well, we got some uh, great casting news, guys, uh, for the show Titans. Two, two great teen actors um, that have been well established, I would say, with um, well, either either the kids WB or or UPN or CW, all tied together. They're all. Basically, if you didn't know this, WB, the show system with stuff like Dawson's Creek back in the 90s, Word. they actually merged with all the UPN stuff. Um, so they had like Buffy, all those type of shows on it, and formed CW. That's why it's half CBS, half Warner Brothers, if you didn't know that. So a lot of these actors have been involved in each other's shows, and we have two great ones, I think. Minka Kelly, who has, if you didn't know her, you probably would know her from Friday Night Lights. She was also great in 500 Days of Summer, and she's been in smaller roles other than that. And someone that I was actually positioning for Shazam, along with a lot of other people, uh, because of his performance in the TV show Blue Mountain State, the fact that he played Aquaman on Smallville. He was also, <laughs> I, well, I think he was Raphael in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. But uh, Alan mm-hmm. Ritchie, mm-hmm. uh, they're, they're actually our Hawkins Dove now for Titans, um, which yeah. is pretty damn cool. Uh, I'm... I was trying to look up the rest of the cast, but so far we have a very stacked cast for this movie. Um, and I am, oh, or not movie, television show that I am yeah. extremely looking forward to. And I'm just wondering from, from, from the, uh, the cast itself, how, how do you like it, Joel, with these two castings of Hawk and Dove? Uh, I like it. I like it because we heard last week that they were looking at uh, casting Hawk and Dove, and Alan Richardson, Richardson, the Richardson name pops up. So I'm like, oh, right, I don't know if it was bullshit or if it was a reality, and it looks like it's a reality. And and what this tells me is that the original Titans live action show, which was supposed to be on TNT, I think they're keeping yep. some aspects of because Hawk and Dove were rumored to be on that live action version yep. as well. So this is pretty interesting. I, I, I don't know. I know Hawk and Dove. I know them. Okay. I know I'm not a big Hawk and Dove 
like I don't know them that well. I don't know them well enough to say I'm super excited about it. But I like the actors that have been casted. I think they can pull it off for sure. I love the rest of the cast. Uh, the dude what's the, the, that got just casted recently is Dick Grayson, Nightwing, a.k.a. Robin. Um, Bretton Thwaites, I think his name is. Bretton Thwaites, yep. Yeah, mm. I like him. I like that that casting. That was interesting. I didn't know. Uh, I didn't expect that. Uh, we have um, Anna Diop, Diop as uh, Starfire, and we have uh, Tegan Croft as Raven. I'm just excited to see all these people come together. And it's not over. We don't know who, who else they're casting and who else might pop up. Because apparently Hawk and Dove are not going to be on in every episode. They're going to be recurring characters, and they'll pop up in in and out. And they might be um, might be looked at to have their own spinoff in the future. We don't know other than what people are saying. But I'm excited. I really am. I, I've been excited for this for a while, and, this, and the casting just helps. Yeah, and, and I mean – just like you were saying uh, with, with Hawk and Dove, or maybe they're going to be at least sent from Batman and all of them to kind of keep an eye on the uh, the younger heroes. Because uh, even Brendan Twaits, he's 28, and Anna Diop, they both look very young. I mean, they could definitely yeah. all be, like, considered in their, their early to mid-20s, while Dean right. Croft and whoever they get to play Beast Boy are obviously going to be about 15, right. 16 and these right. ones are obviously in their 30s. So it, it, it's, yeah. it's going to be a cool dynamic. I hope that even though that they're all not young, it's still going to have somewhat of like, not a stranger things, but like still that type of kid feel to it. And I hope that yeah. also adds another person that they consider uh, later on uh, down the More road, talk. just because I don't think we'll ever see him uh, in the movies. So I'd love to see Calder a part of this. Uh, Calder, but, okay. man, just, just, just cool. For, for anyone that doesn't know, before I pass it to Kanan, Hank Hall is, though, a big character within the DC universe. Um, he turned into a character called Monarch. He basically, uh, spoiler warning, Dub gets killed, he goes insane, uh, gets a bunch of powers, becomes, becomes a character called Monarch, uh, causes Armageddon in 2001, is defeated, then he becomes extant and, and Zero Hour and basically causes... Uh, the rise of Parallax, uh, Hal Jordan is Parallax for almost destroying the right. whole entire universe. Uh, later correct. on, someone, Captain Adam, would become the next monarch within the comic books. Uh, but right. this guy, specifically, he's kind of like a Wolverine-style concept. He's got a lot of rage issues. While Dove right. is passive, and she kind of represents someone that would be like more into judo, if you will, like let the person come to right. you, use her way for your advantage. I, Hank's I, all I, yeah. in... Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, just just nailing it, going going full force at it. I'm pretty sure they both have invulnerability, superhuman strength. Uh, he's got heat vision, uh, a couple other things, and she's got a bunch of powers herself. So, uh, how, how do you feel about this casting, Cannon? And are you excited about having Hawk and Dove a part of the Titan show? Uh, I am excited to have Hawk and Dove. I was a little bit shocked that Alan Richson uh, was cast as Hawk because, like you said, everybody kind of thought that um, – you know, he would, you know, be in the running for Shazam. But I think that they've done great with the casting. I think, um, even you know, Minka Kelly, she has been in Friday Night Lights and 500 Days of Summer. But uh, right. for the most part, you know, she's, you know, she's relatively unknown. You know, she's not been in a whole lot of, um, you know, different shows. Uh, Tegan Croft is, uh, you know, unknown. Uh, Anna Diop's been in a few things, but she's unknown. Uh, so you have, yeah. So you have, you know, you have, you know, a good, good core cast of unknowns that will get the job done. But then you have, you know, the heavy hitters. I know Britton Thwaites is young and 
he hasn't been in a, a whole lot, but he has been in some, you know, some, uh, you know, Hollywood movies, Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, he right. was also in um, Gods of Egypt. And I can't remember what else he's been in. But, I mean, people know of him. And Alan Rich, of course, you know, he's, you know like uh, Dane said, he was in Smallville, uh, uh, Blue Mountain State. And he was, you know, he does Raphael in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movies. So I think you have, I think so far you have a, um, a good cast. Um, I still think that they may hire a home run hitter uh, for another role. Um so I guess just you know have to wait and see, but I mean I, I think they I think they've got a solid, uh, and I, I think the biggest thing with who they were going to cast is Dick Grayson, and I haven't really seen any backlash. So I think I think they're I think they're good uh, right now. Um, I know people still are throwing around the whole Dick Grayson should have been Romani stuff, but so far I mean he's really uh, he nobody's had any bad stuff to say about Brenton Thwaite, so. Yeah, I'm excited for it. Super excited. Yeah, and, for I, th- it. and I, th- I think we have another uh, opinion in the mix uh, of someone that I'd like to bring oh. on. Is, is that you, Jawan, out there? Or is that you, by chance? Hello? Nope. Really? Nope, Jawan is not there. Mute him. All right. Well, <laughs> that was strange. Never mind, guys. <laughs> All right, uh, I'd like to say that Beast Boy, a lot of people have been throwing this guy out. I don't know him from a lot, but when it comes to the format of the television show to this, to this level, I think you can take some liberties and take some, um, uh, some, some risks, if you will. But uh, Cameron Boyce, he's got a great look, I think, to play uh, Beast Boy. So I'm just going to throw that out there. Another person I'd love to see them include, uh, man, uh, maybe Wally West or, or Bart Allen would be cool. Um, especially uh, inspired mainly by uh, the Young Justice style. Um, so Kid Flash. Uh, who knows what they're going to go for, though. The shoot show, if it does well, we'll probably see more. And if it doesn't do well, it's kind of like Krypton to an extent. If Krypton does well and people are watching it, I could see them not only involving the Thanagarians, but maybe we see, uh, Ab- or is it Abin Sir? No, 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 no. Uh, Tom Murray, who was the Green Lantern of Krypton and was supposed to save it. Yeah. Uh, I think we, we could end cool. up seeing a lot more cosmic characters uh, out there, Brainiac, you know, stuff like that, if the show does well. So Titans, same thing. If we want to see more Titans, we got to watch the show and actually right. inevitably get the streaming service with this because if not and no one's buying it, no one's going to really, you know, I have an care. open casting I, mean, I found one yesterday. I posted it on the web on a, on a yeah. Facebook page. It's for a. I'll tell you right now. It says Titans, DC Entertainment, Warner Brothers Television. Open casting call. Um, it says the character. Obviously, it's a fake name, but they're calling him Jax. Uh, male, 13 to 15 years old. Asian, funny, self-deprecating, and charming. All shows produced. Uh, series regular. So the character's gonna be a series regular. So that's currently being casted. We don't know who that is. I'm 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 just saying. I think it's Beast Boy, personally. It just makes sense. There was another actor that I remember a lot of people were clamoring for. The one that plays him, uh, that that is a live action actor that also plays him on um, uh, the the Teen Titans of the Judas Contract. Um, uh, I got it. He's an he's an Asian actor. Shoot, a lot of people want um, that dude as Robin. Maybe he could. He's he's younger. Uh, oh, I know. Uh, the one that. 
The Tim Drake one, yeah. You know, uh, I forgot what his name is, too. Uh, uh, man, like but uh, he was a big hero of six. Oh, Brandon Husu? That's that who you're talking about? Yep. All right. Yeah, All right. Not bad. How old is he? Is he, is he, is he young enough to, to suit? He's, he's 21. So he's a little bit older than what they're looking for, but not. he's, like, he's, he's 21 and he's 5'7". I think he can pull. He looks like a baby, so <laughs> he can pull it off. He looks like a baby, so that 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 works. All right, so Ryan Potter was the guy I was thinking about. Yeah, uh, he's twenty one too. Oh yeah, he's twenty one. Hey, that's actually cool because their Nightwing is is in his uh, his you know his late twenties. Maybe Ryan Potter can like eventually come on and play Tim Drake on this. Uh, we all were really really uh, we all thought that that the video he did was outstanding, and this seems like the format of a TV show that he could definitely handle and. I don't think we're seeing Tim Drake in the movies. I'm not, I'm, I'm just going to be that that I don't guy. But I don't. I feel bad for so, him, but yeah. So if this format would be able to include him, that would be really cool. Uh, and Tim's always been kind of like the little brother to Dick since, well, Jason's an asshole, and so is uh, you know um, Damien. So well, was <laughs> either way, if you can't tell from all this geeking out and us, us getting all sweaty about this, we're excited. So let's move on. Something else that excites us, if you will. X-Force hires Drew Goddard as director and writer of the film. If you guys are not aware of Drew Goddard, he made uh, The Cabin in the Woods uh, with, I think, I think he worked on the writing with Josh Whedon. He's good friends with Josh. Um, he wrote The Martian. He directed and wrote the first season of Daredevil, I believe, uh, and he uh, wrote Cloverfield. Um, I think along with Josh Whedon for that project. Maybe, maybe not. No, maybe it was he worked with... Um, J.J. Abrams uh, with with, with Cloverfield. But he is a remarkable writer-director, especially when it comes to the geek caliber of stuff. I mean, I love the first... The first season of Daredevil might be my favorite thing so far Netflix has done. I love the second season, and I really love The Defenders, but I think that that first season just has something to it that will... It's just more of like a first-timer-style feel. Uh, Same thing that how I equivalent stuff like Avengers, you know, but exactly. Drew Gardard, huge name. Are you excited about this, Joel, and seeing Drew Gardard do his version of the X-Force with Josh Brolin as Cable and Ryan Reynolds as uh, as as Deadpool? Yeah, I'm super excited. Uh, Carnahan, uh, Carnahan, that's, that's what I was going to get to. I'm like, I remember Carnahan getting, didn't he get like a writing, or I thought he was writing it and directing it as well. That's why I got confused when they said Gardard is, is doing it now. So I was a little bit like, all right, that caught me off guard. I just didn't expect it, but I'm excited. I believe he was working on Sinister Six before that imploded, right? I believe. I think he was attached yes. to that. Hey, actually, but, let's let's uh-huh. let's hold that thought. Now, looking at what time it is, I just realized that we have a special guest to talk to uh, for a little oh. while. So let's get them on, and then we'll go right back into this. Uh, it was my fault because I, I wasn't looking at the boards. Um, all Got right, it. so. Uh, we have a part of the geek community over on Twitter, a good friend of Geek Vibes Live's first time on, Shiraz. How you doing, man? Hey, man. What's up? Glad to be here. Hey. Welcome. Glad to hey how are you doing? Glad- uh, doing well, well glad man. To have you. Just, uh, yeah, same. I'm excited to be on, excited to, you know, talk to you guys. You know, I've listened to your show, you know, over the last few days, like uh, uh, listening to older, you know, podcasts, just getting a feel for you know, what you guys do, and, you know, I'm, I'm a fan, and, you know, you guys will be part of my morning commute, you know, from now on, you know, so 
Uh, thanks for having me. Oh, yeah, man. We appreciate that. We thank you. Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah, thank you for taking time to, like, be with us, man. And uh, we appreciate that. We'd love to be part of everyone's commute out there. And as, as long as we're making yours, that's all that really matters. But the question is, uh, you know, we, we're having you on here uh, partially because – you debunked something pretty big um, within the, the geek world. Um, so basically, people were claiming or running with an article based off of nothing, which happens a lot, unfortunately, with the media system, um, that that they were having additional reshoots besides the ones that they had for Justice League, and people were trying to like basically throw shade on DC throughout the whole concept. Didn't really research into it. You were able to debunk all that, weren't you? Yeah, well, you know, uh, you know, as we all know, the media cycle around uh, these movies, comic book movies in general, but even more specifically, the DC Extended Universe movies, you know, it's like uh, a show in itself, you know. So when it comes to Justice League, we know there's like every other day there's some article about, you know, Joss Whedon this, oh, reshoot that, you know, who's, if ben, is Ben Affleck coming back? You know, every day there's something. So, you know, I was looking at, um, when, as you are saying, a few days ago, what we're seeing is multiple sites literally taking an Instagram post and using that as confirmation of reshoots. So I thought, you know, mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, I'm looking at the the woman's post and there's nothing about Justice League. So I'm thinking, you know what, uh, you know, what the hell? Let me just shot in the dark. Let me send her a private message and just ask, you know, a simple question. You know, something I assume that you know every other trade or blog should be already doing. It's not really my job to do it, but you know, let me just ask. <laughs> And then uh turns out she answers back, you know, um, very cordially and uh, says that, no, it has nothing to do with Justice League. So I was thinking, you know what, let me just put this out there for my Twitter followers. Or, and, uh, you know, it caught fire pretty quick, you know, that, uh, you know, as like a debunk, you know. But it's more, for me, you know, more than a debunk, it was like, uh, you know, these people should be doing their jobs, you know. I think it should be uh, minimum journalistic integrity to at least reach out to the person you're talking about and just uh, oh. do a one confirmation, something that simple. Uh, it shouldn't take a fan to do it. It should be uh, people whose job it is to do it. You know, that's kind of where I stand on it. But, you know, I'm happy that uh, if it took me to get people to open their eyes a little bit on it, then, you know, I'm happy about that. No, and that's yep. awesome. That's- I mean, that's something that all of us have to deal with too, uh, partially because, you know, it, it just, it just, to an extent, just it, when you're when you're covering something on your shows, and you are giving out all that information, then you watch one of your favorite said uh, YouTube shows, uh, whether it be Collider or something like that, and guys are getting paid pretty damn good money to run the news and be on top of everything. Some of them are making claims or or saying old articles that have been debunked and talking about them, and it's like, how did you not? If you're if you if you have your ear to the ground like all of us seem to do, you know how did you not know that? And it it, it just has nothing to do with like whether it be DC, Marvel, Star Wars, anything like that. It just drives me nuts. So yeah, definitely for someone, it's getting to the point with 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 clickbaiting that it's like as long as we get the click, that's all that matters. That's one more for a website, right. and they don't really they will completely mm-hmm. change a title to mislead you. For when you read the, the actual article, it's not the statement that the, uh, the the original headline made, and it's oh, it, it drives me personally crazy as well. Um, but I know that you're a big uh, Superman fan. Uh, tell me, tell me about your love of Superman. 
Sure. So, you know, uh, Superman is basically kind of like almost like a role model to me, you know, as far as, you know, a fictional character goes, you know, uh, ever since I was, uh, before I could even remember, you know, I know my mom was a huge Superman fan growing up. So some passed down onto me, you know, and then I, when I grew up, Superman, the animated series was just starting out, you know, I was two years old when that series first started. So, you know, when you watch that, you know, and those shows are so timeless, you know, that, uh, you just automatically latch on to it. And then when I started getting to that show, then I told my mom, you know, oh, buy me some comic books, and there you go. Comics started flooding in. I started reading, and uh, flash forward 22 years later, and then you see that, okay, uh, I might be like a super Superman fan now, you know what I'm saying? But, yeah, um, my love for the character, yeah, it goes really far, you know. It goes deep, you know. Uh, no, I feel goes, very personally so connected deep. to him. It goes so deep. Yeah, uh, you, you actually wrote a pretty uh, amazing article about it. Uh, do you want oh, to tell us you. a little bit about that? Yeah. So, uh, so as we know, you know, the latest version of Superman is uh, divisive among the community, and uh, partly because some people are, you know, thinking only about the Christopher Reeve version. Some people have their one version of Superman that they connect to. So, you know, right. uh, so in general, I have been a fan of. Uh, Zack Snyder's Superman of the DCEU's version of Superman, which I, I felt, it. you know, borrowed. Yeah, which I felt does borrow mm-hmm. a lot from, you know, that 90s, you know, post-crisis, post-86 Superman. Like, it borrows from those comics. And then also, you have some of that Golden Age vibe. So, Man you know, of Steel, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, um, when it came to this article, you know, I was partly supposed to be a rebuttal to another article that, uh, you know, I don't want to name, call anybody out, but, you know, it was an article about Zack Snyder's 300 being an alt-right uh, movie in a sense and uh, perpetuating or, in, or uh, almost giving platform to alt-right supporters. And, you know, that kind of infuriated me. So I was thinking, you know what, there is a perspective that I saw Superman in. Like particularly, yeah, exactly. But So I saw, you know, a point of view that I felt like, you know, hasn't been touched upon or hasn't been touched upon enough. And that was, you know how Superman is an immigrant story, and uh, mm-hmm. what this, what uh, the DCEU Superman and what Zack Snyder was able to accomplish with Superman is, you know, putting him into a post 9/11 world, and that's a different world. That's not the world that Christopher Reeve Superman was flying in. That's not the world that Bruce Timm and Paul Dini Superman was flying in. This is a different world you put Superman in, and in reality, it's our world. So um, it didn't, didn't take the next levels to, you know, draw the comparison of who does this Superman stand for? You know, we're talking about truth, justice in the American way, but what is the American way right now? You know what I'm saying? And uh, a lot of that goes down to the immigrant issues. We're seeing, uh, you know, look at the administration right now, you know, regardless of political ideology, there is a certain amount of, uh, uh, I want, I don't want to say backlash, but there is a, a stereotype being created about multiple groups. And uh, we're trusting our neighbors less. And we're trusting uh, the other people who look like different than us, who people believe different than us, you know. There's international issues, there's domestic issues. So I thought, you know, this piece should be, like, you know, maybe a partly a, a sombering piece where people will be like, okay, you know, let's think about it, you know. And then on the other side, I want them to feel a little hopeful that, you know, there is a message in these films and there's a message we can take that will actually uh, help us grow as individuals, you know. You know, some people say it's just superhero movies, it's just a comic book movie, you know, and I'm talking from experience, these comic books, which some people don't give enough credit to, have always been uh, 
pushing the limit and pushing the standard for what society should be. So in the article, I did bring up things like, you know, when Wonder Woman was first introduced in the 40s, what was she introduced for? She was a feminist icon of that time. And even Superman, when he first came, uh, he came in wartime. So he was supposed to be a war hero in a sense, something to give uh, soldiers and uh, people, the American people, something to look up to. Not to mention the creators were, you know, uh, of Jewish faith. So they took some of that also with them. So there's a lot going on with these characters, you know, oh, yeah. flash forward to the six, yeah, flash forward to the sixties and see what Marvel did with the X-Men. And, you know, we all know professor X and, uh, uh, Magneto, who are they representing in many senses? You see parallels for Malcolm X, you see parallels for, uh, MLK. So, you know, there's always something going on. So I feel like, you know, for Superman, as he keeps evolving, they were close to 80 years now of the character, where is he going now? So maybe he does represent a different identity. Maybe he could represent the immigrant identity or the Muslim identity. So that's kind of where my mindset was when writing it. I'm really happy, you know, with uh, the reception, how people have been taking it. Well, and, and not only that, I mean, you, you went into it uh, so well. It's just Superman can represent that because he is that. He's the American dream. He is someone that came over – well, through Krypton, but you understand what I'm saying. Of course, Came yeah. over here to, to, to be a part of that American dream and to, uh, you know, strive to go to the top and have all these type of visions of, of the future and actually do that. And he represents this mecha savior uh, when it comes down to uh, just U.S. And, and or people in general. It doesn't really have to be America itself, but, you know – you talking about your experience with uh, Muslim and, and, and so many other people with, with immigration, whether it be um, our, our neighbors to the north, uh, I, me in the U.S. with uh, uh, Mexico, or, or even going back, I'm Portuguese and Italian, and in the mid-1800s, the Italians and Portuguese coming over here, the Irish. Um, immigrants have always built up this nation. They're the ones that exactly. are the backbone of the culture, and they're the ones that really um, – are the reason why we have prospered economically uh, for the most part. So it's, it, that's a fascinating concept, and, and I definitely agree with you, especially with the, the social – I love Man of Steel. I think people give it a lot of crap, oh, but they don't same. understand that it's less yeah, sci-fi. It. It's, it's still sci-fi, but it's more of like a, a, a social um, – uh, Basically, like a, a, a study on, on human beings. Yeah, and like it's, it's their social limit. commentary. Yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, yeah, just, uh, Joel, did you have anything to say about this? Um, not much. I mean, you covered most of it. Uh, yeah, I really appreciate it. I read, I remember hearing about this article a couple months ago. It wasn't even that long ago that you wrote it, right? Cause I, I do remember hearing it. Yeah, it was it. three, yes, three weeks ago now. Yeah. All right. So yeah, oh, maybe it wasn't a couple months ago. Okay. It's a couple weeks ago, but yeah, I, I remember hearing about it. I'm like, oh, that sounds interesting. I never I never looked at it exactly like that, but I understand where you're coming from. And as a fan of the Man of Steel movie, I'm like, that's a great way to look at it. Because there is totally a, a lot of people that misconstrued what that movie is about. And they, they, a lot of, they like to talk about mainly the destruction and how it's a lot of disaster porn. And I get, I get yeah. that argument, but there's, it's, it's a much deeper movie than people give it credit for. And you definitely of go course, into yeah. it. And, 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 it really, yeah. and it really, you know, you have to look at, you know, Zack Snyder's work as a whole, you know, and this is a man that if you look at, you know, from his beginning work to until now, he's not a guy who's a surface level director, you know, the, every shot has a meaning, you know, and he really right. goes, you know, two, three levels deep trying to, you know, perpetuate what his uh, uh, point is, you know, and some, sometimes, you know, his point isn't through, you know, uh, the script, sometimes it's through the visual, you know, sometimes the shot itself yes. uh, can be an, an analogy or a, 
to something else, you know. And uh, again, for my article, you know, it was like the ultimate honor when Zack Snyder. Exactly, yeah. Watchmen. Yeah, of course. The, the comic book, the, the graphic novel itself. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's very powerful. And you know, with my article, you know, uh, it was the ultimate honor to have Zack Snyder himself, you know, share it and say, "Oh, this is correct uh, and is beautifully written." So you know, that actually made my you know month. That's Zack amazing. Snyder himself to comment on it. Yeah. That is. So that yeah. that. Yeah, that really meant a lot to me, you know, knowing that, you know, he saw my points and, you know, agreed that that was part of it was his intention. So, you know, that meant the world to me. And, you know, again, you know, <laughs> the um, reception has been great to it. And it makes me, you know, very happy about the piece and happy that some people who may not have saw, seen it that way, see it that way. Other people, you know, a lot of people reached out to me and said, oh, you know, I've ne- I never thought about it that way. And I'm going to watch Babin vs. Superman again with this in mind. I'm going to watch Man of Steel again with this in mind. And, you know, as a fan, that means, mm-hmm. you know, everything, you know, knowing that you can open the minds of someone who previously wasn't open to it, you know, and that, you know, if from a fan to give that to another fan, and nothing better than that, you know. Totally. I like it. I absolutely like it. Uh, Kanan, did you have any uh, last statements? Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I'm a huge Superman fan as well, so, I mean, your your passion for Superman is, you know, is, you know, right up there. And I your article, you know, really nails it, and it. It's great that, um, you know, that you saw everything that a lot of people refused to see or people that did see it, you put it in a term that they could better understand because, you know, Snyder, when he was doing the press for Man of Steel, he, you know, he was telling people that, you know, he was telling people, hey, this isn't the Superman from Christopher Reeve, you know, this is a Superman that's going to face real world problems. He's not going to be accepted because in real life, nobody's going to accept an alien. I mean, exactly. Perry White said it best. Do you know how no people would react him. if they saw somebody like this? Yeah. And exactly. so that carried over into BVS. So people are like, oh, he doesn't smile. I mean, he's always being judged for what he does. If something goes yeah. wrong, it, people hate him. If it goes right, you know, they love him, but then they still are questioning why he's there. So, I mean, you right. nailed it. And it's, you know, and he, he goes out there and he, you know, Snyder tells everybody that. But then you go and write this article, it's very well thought out, and people are like, oh, I, I get it now. And it's like, you know, this is what Snyder was saying all along. I mean, but, yeah, man, so I just appreciate your passion, dude, and I'm glad that you're out there, you know, putting that stuff out there for people to see because they're so blinded that all they look at is, oh, he's not smiling or he's not Christopher Reed. Yeah. They don't look at there's a meaning to everything. So, man, just just kudos for – for oh, what you're doing, that. and uh, and uh, another, you know, what we talked about before debunking. I mean, you have showed so much more journalistic integrity than some of the verified sites out there that have a million followers. It, it's right. uh, it's uncanny. I mean, all it takes is what you did. Hey, is is this you know for Justice League? She comes back. I mean, people like Dane said, it's all about clicks. Let's not even go exactly. about facts. Let's just put fake news out there and get mm-hmm. clicks. And if it gets debunked, it gets debunked. And you did it, man. So, so kudos, dude. I'm, uh, you know, I appreciate you taking the time to do that. No, yeah, and I appreciate yeah, everything. You know, you know I just say I appreciate everything you guys said. You know, it means uh, definitely means a lot uh, coming from all of you. You know, uh, it definitely you know it, it hits hits the heart. You know, I I'd appreciate it. And then speaking on what you said earlier, you know, about Superman not smiling and. I feel like a lot of people miss that, you know, you can have multi-arc stories, you know. There's a point of having a trilogy, 
of let's say the right. Zack Snyder yeah. trilogy of Man of Steel, Batman vs Superman, Justice League, which all happened basically sequentially. A character and arc. You have to see that. You know exactly. I mean, it, to see Superman, you see the growth as every movie. You know, you see in the first film, he's really learning his identity. He's learning, you know, how to balance. Uh, Kryptonian mm-hmm. culture and human culture, and then even being forced to choose in the end, and he chooses the humans over his own birth race. So that's that's crucial to his character development. Then you go to Batman with Superman, and now the humans that he chose over uh, the Kryptonian, now they're going after him for what he feels is doing the best intentions. So right. in the end, he sacrifices himself for that same humanity that's been cursing at him, uh, including Batman, who's in many ways the stand-in for that uh, motif. And now Justice League is coming where you see all the fruits of Superman's labor in the form of Batman, Wonder Woman, all these heroes coming together in many ways in honor of Superman. And then when Superman does return, you'll see him finally elevated to his final stature. You know, you're going to see Superman finally coming to his main point. And that's beautiful thing that Zack Snyder did was that he gave him that growth. Now, after Justice League, any director can take Superman, the final product of Superman, and put him in any comic book story he's already developed. So yeah. that's that's the beauty of it, man. Definitely. Yeah, no, and, and, and not only that, it's it's a lack of it's a lack of knowledge by a lot of new comic book fans. Whether they are are just younger and they're kind of getting into it that way, or they've they've really adapted their personality in comics based on the movies, you know. To say Batman doesn't kill, and then you're not going back to the beginning where he did, or or something with Superman. I'm not knowing the difference between a pre-crisis Superman and a post-crisis New 52 blended style Superman. Yeah, it's more exactly. part of like the modern times. Joker. We talked about it earlier. You know him. Uh, Jared Leto's getting so much flack, but in Grant Morrison's tales. A lot of them incorporated Joker. It took his shirt off, long hair, weird shot tattoo on his head. You know, that type of stuff is actually happening in the comic books, but people don't want to act like that and will compare more towards previous movie, um, you know, performances. Uh, Same thing with uh, with Lex Luthor, you know. I mean, Lex Luthor is basically uh, Birthright. Birthright. uh, Story Birthright. Yeah, he's almost pulled right from the pages with, you know, his uh, mannerisms, you know, and how he's developing. And Lex, just like Superman, is on a development track. And, you know, I don't know if, how much his role is going to be in Justice League or beyond, but we're going to see a Lex Luthor that's slowly starting to become the Lex we know, you know. So it's all, you know, everything's a character development, you know. A lot of people want to well, see, not only that. you know, exactly. Sure, like, we're going to be able to get another Lex Luthor on the Supergirl television show, and maybe we'll get someone like exactly. a Corey Stoll or – or I forgot yeah. the, the guy who played Dwight was talking about how he'd love to play Lex Luthor. That could be much more classic style. Because if you look at, at Tyler Hoechlin's Superman, he's very much more your Christopher Reeves, super smiles. And, and that's fine. It's like interpretation. It's called a multiverse. It's another thing that people yeah. that don't understand about the DC Universe if they're not really big comp of fans. It's the fact that you're supposed to have all these different interpretations of the same characters. But I know that we're keeping you on longer than in, you initially wanted, and we're having fun with you, man. We're gonna about to go over some DC-related uh, content. Would you like to stay on, or do you have to get out of here? Uh, you know, I probably have to get out of here, but I do really appreciate your time. You know, maybe, you know, I'll jump on another time with you guys. You know, I had a lot of fun. And, you know, you guys, you know, there's quality content, you know, on this podcast and on your Twitter page, you know. Thank there's, you. There's a lot of quality. So, yeah, uh, I'm it. definitely going to be a listener. And uh, whenever you guys want to have me on, I'll be glad to be on and, you know, uh, talk some more with you guys. Well, Shiraz, if you're listening uh, live and you want to call in, just call us in, man. 
press one and we'll have you on for a little while. Definitely. Sure. Oh, sounds good, man. Again, thank you so much, every one of you guys, you know, for calling me on, inviting me, discuss my article, to discuss DC. You know, this is my passion. This is your passion. So we're both just discussing what we love, you know, and that's, that's you know, what better way is there to, Absolutely. you know, be a fan. Correct. Absolutely. Thank you, man. All right. Thanks, man. Right. We'll thank have you on again. Peace out, buddy. Yes, definitely. All right. Well, that was Shiraz. We got two uh, members joining us right now. Took them long enough. Hey, Nick, how's mm-hmm. halftime? How's your whole Georgia thing? Hey, ooh, uh, we're losing, but that's all right. We're only down by three. From the hunchback? And we get the ball to start the second half. So, what are you going to do? <laughs> Has hunchback. Rudy scored a touchdown against your Bulldogs? Uh, Rudy never scored a touchdown, and, uh, you know, um, That's sad. Yeah, never, never, never did that. You, you should have watched the movie more closely, Dane. That's <laughs> uh, made up some money, whatever. Uh, I agree to disagree. All right, let's get our next person on the uh, the king of the mountain himself. Uh, until I push his ass off, Juwan, how you doing? What's up, Bird? Oh, I got. All right, we got a full little uh, crowd. Uh, ready to go over some more stuff. Whenever you have to go, Nick, to get back to your game, just let me know. Um, and Juwan, if you have to go back to uh, having sex with prostitutes, same thing. Um, but until oh. then, oh, until then, <laughs> it's not that dirty. It's, it's not that big of a deal, guys. Come on. TMI, TMI, TMI. Yeah, you know it really isn't that that big of a deal. I mean, come on, dude. Like. We should be in advanced civilization enough to, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Soja Wan has to pay. I mean, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's perfect. Yeah, we all can't get it. Wow. Well, this should yeah, have, thank that you. Thank you for quickly. that. Wow. Uh, this is very illegal talks that we're having, so, yeah. We going. already had some illegal talks about downloading. Not in Las Vegas. <laughs> all right, guys, let's get into the next uh, little uh, tidbit of information. I think it's something that we're all excited about. Uh, Gavin O'Connor, until they kick him off in about two months, uh, is officially right now the writer and director of Suicide Squad 2. If you don't know much about Gavin O'Connor, uh, he has made a bunch of movies. The first movie I saw from him was called Miracle. Uh, great movie. It was actually a sports movie, guys. Weird. But I do like sports movies. It's not sports. Um, he, also, he also made Warrior, another – well, actually, I like MMA. But another amazing movie with Tom Hardy and um, – what the hell's the name of the act? The other actor in it. Uh, Edgerton. You know, oh, that one dude. Uh, Joel Edgerton. That guy. Um, yeah. And – Joel Edgerton, Tom Hardy, amazing movie if you haven't seen it, about two brothers that have to get involved in MMA. Jane Got a Gun, and most recently with Batman himself, Ben Affleck, the accountant. Um, Great movie. Incredible, incredible director. Uh, Here's the thing I'm going to throw to all of you guys. Do you think this is going to be a good thing because we're going to be able to see Gavin O'Connor's vision of Suicide Squad 2 since he's writing and directing – or do you think that he's not going to be a yes man since he's known for making movies the way he wants to make them and inevitably will be pushed off this project or conform to do what Warner Brothers wants to do? I hope it's not that case. Dane. But judging from the past track record, I have no idea. Who just said Dane? I, there's four of you guys. I did. I Talk. did. Uh, well, whoever's I did, go ahead. <laughs> Breaking news. Breaking news. Gavin O'Connor and Warner Brothers uh, – Split due to um, 
creative, uh, creative differences. difficulties. <laughs> Breaking news. Really? <laughs> that quickly? No, 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 no. Oh, uh, man. <laughs> you just had you me for Jawan. to the computer to Google that. <laughs> no, it doesn't <laughs> happen that quickly for Warner Brothers. Um, no, honestly, this is this is a great get for them. Uh, this is someone that was on the list for the Batman, so it's obviously someone that they've been looking for. Um, you know, been looking at as far as directing a property somewhere down the line. Uh, we all can agree the Mel Gibson thing just was never going to happen. Um, nope. Pipe dream. So this is this is the next best thing for them. Uh, someone who. Um, really can dive into it, and if they can stay out of his way, can really give us something uh, true to the comics. Uh, him, like Matt Reeves, is one of those guys I feel really dives into it. Uh, and anytime you get a guy that actually wants to write and direct it, uh, really makes you think that he wants to, you know, give as much to the source as possible. Um, the first one we said before was just a, uh, you know, really fun action uh, action movie. It wasn't really uh, top to bottom well made. Uh, a lot of editing issues. The pace was all over the place. The story was. So him writing right. and directing it, hopefully he can get a handle on it and really give us something pure and uh, close to the comics. Nick, are you excited about Gavin O'Connor's next giant music video? Fuck yeah, I am. I mean, uh, I think... Missy Elliott's going to be in it. Honestly, uh, all jokes aside, I was um, I was very much in favor of uh, I believe it was your idea, Dane, to have uh, Joe Carnahan uh, direct the sequel. Is that the guy who made uh, Smoking Aces? Yeah. Um, Yeah. Amongst other films, uh, Narc was a terrific. Yes. That's probably his best film. Um, and I, I was a big, I was a big fan of that, that idea, but, uh, nevertheless, Gavin O'Connor, I mean, I thought the accountant was terrific. I mean, uh, there was somewhat mixed reviews on it. I think it was probably like a 70 ish percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, but I mean, I thought it was a terrific movie. I mean, I really did. I thought it, 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 it gave me everything I wanted, everything I expected out of that movie and a little bit more. Um, and I just thought it was really good. I think uh, I, I'm a little trepidatious in the fact that um, most of his movies have a central character, um, and and the fact that this film is is very much um, an ensemble cast. Uh, right. But I I I think he can pull it off. I really do. I think I think he's got the chops to pull it off, and I'm totally excited to see it. I think he's. He's a great pickup for them, um, and you know, like Jawan said, obviously he was in talks for uh, the Batman, and I would have been 100% in favor for that because of the chemistry that I feel like he and Ben Affleck had. Um, but you know, maybe that'll mean you know the, this is kind of pulling out the stops to try to keep Ben Affleck. You know, who knows? Um, so. We'll see, but I, uh, yeah, I'm I'm very much in favor of him doing doing this film. Joel, why is it that watermelon candy and a uh, strawberry candy don't actually taste like their respected fruit? Uh, 
think uh, that's a question for someone else, Dan. They're going to have to stick to the Gavin O'Connor topic. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. That's it. Give me some shit. <laughs> uh, anyway, I, I, I like it a lot. I'm excited. Uh, I was kind of shocked, but at the same time, pleasantly surprised. Uh, I was a big fan of the accountant, uh, I think, and I think it's attached to do the Green Hornet as well, which I'm really excited for because after I saw what he did with the with the accountant, I kind of want to see a more serious side of that. But yeah, Suicide Squad too needs this type of director attached to it. I want to see a more grounded movie that that's less supernatural. Didn't need that element. Suicide Squad or our Black Ops team. I want to see them do Black Ops things. I just not, they need to be able to to do what they're there to do. And I and I think they're handcuffed by being PG thirteen, but and I don't think that's going to change though because of the fact that they have Batman characters in it. But I think it'd probably be better off as a rated R movie. But whatever. I mean, that's neither, neither here or there. I think Gavin can pull it off. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. I'm really excited to see what he can do. Honestly. Okay. Uh, I think that if you. I mean, I'm excited for Gavin O'Connor, and I think if you didn't like the first Suicide Squad, then, you know, I wouldn't expect this one to be the same at all. I think Kerr's yeah. uh, directing style compared to Gavin O'Connor's is night and day. So Suicide Squad 2 may feel like its own movie entirely. Like, I don't think it's going to even have the same feel. I think it'll have the same characters, uh, but I think it'll be uh, a better laid-out story. Um that suits, you know, Gavin's style. You know, Ayer's very flashy and uh, gritty. Um, you know, the accountant was very, you know, laid out, very, you know, thought, um, well thought out movie. I mean, yeah, exactly. And it had, you know, it, it had the right, you know, it had humor in it, but I mean, it, the tone was, was right for the film, whereas you really didn't know how, what the tone for Suicide Squad was going to be. I mean, one minute it was, you know, fun and colorful, and the next it was like dancing and kind of off. I mean, so, but uh, yeah, I, I think I think if they stick with Gavin O'Connor, it's, it's going to be a really good movie, and I think fans will have something you know to look forward to. So just I wouldn't go into it thinking, oh, you know, Suicide Squad two, it's going to be a completely different movie. Right. No, I can agree with you on that. One thing that I'd like to see in this film done is um, they've incorporating an opposite team. Instead of us having a fucking magical Twitch witch uh, like they did in the first film, have an actual like team of other villains that are even more ruthless, if not as ruthless, to go against them. Some other villains, uh, whether you want to put like a King Shard on that team, if you want to call it Secret Six, like the team that they fought in the comics, and maybe throwing Catman in there or something. Some of that extent, what I'm trying to say is it's got to be a grounded enemy this time. I think we can all agree with that. Uh, Juwan, do you agree? Yeah, it's got to yeah. be someone much more grounded than beforehand. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'd even – I don't know if you can necessarily do it now because of the first uh, – the way the first one was. But um, I would have liked it if um, in the second one, uh, as you were saying, there was a rogue team. Like Amanda Waller has done this before. And there's a rogue team um, – uh, led by Slade Wilson, and she has to call Deadshot and Harley and the gang to kind of, you know, go take him, uh, take him and his team down. Uh, I think um, Gavin O'Connor with a Slade-led team could really do some magic with that. 
but I, I think they made it clear in the first one that this was the first time she's ever been able to do it. Uh, but you can still say that her and Slade had kind of like a history. Um, you know, he got his start with her or whatever. They had differences. He went rogue and went out, went off and started his own team. So they could still make it work. Um, but, yeah, I definitely think they should be a, a team versus team aspect rather than you trying to convince me one entity uh, is going up against all these guys. And the villain has to be someone that makes sense. I mean, Harley was fighting, like, these mystical beings with a bat. So, I mean, you just have to have something that just kind of makes more sense or just have her use her gun more. Um, so, yeah, I agree with whoever said before, kind of let's keep the mystic uh, stuff out of it. Um, and I think a Slade-led team would be perfect for this movie. I completely agree with you. I think that that would be amazing, especially if, if you look at the Secret Six and the comps, any of my comp book cohorts, um, you have Deadshot yeah. in it, but if you replace that with Deathstroke, still like Catman and a couple of the other main characters, but build a badass right. team that kind of mirrors, Bang. if you will. Joel, would you like to see that? I would love to see that. I, I, I'll take Secret Six. I'll take Deathstroke. I'll take just Deathstroke, honestly. I mean, they got to do something with Deathstroke if they're not going to use him in the Batman, because as far as right now, we don't know what they're going to do with him, and if He's not doing anything. He'll be available for you know Suicide Squad too, which is a more grounded, gritty side. I would lo- I would love to see a team versus team aspect. I just want to see them fight in like the mob or fucking uh, insurgents or some like uh, like terrorists somewhere where it's a gun on Arkham. Gun type of battle. Arkham, even Arkham, they have to go escape into Arkham like they did in the the animated movie, which is a great movie. Um, do something like that. I just Amazing. want to see them do something more realistic than what they did the last time. They didn't need to be well. I mean, well, I mean to to piggyback off what you're saying, Joel. We we did notice something. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, very huge in the Justice League trailer uh, when the lady from the news was saying um, Batman's kind of been uh, ghost since Am the I events it? of BVS. So if that's the case a way you could actually make this whole Deathstroke thing work is Penguin, um, since Batman has been ghost, Penguin has completely taken over Gotham. Um, it's become a, you know, extreme mob warfare um, in the streets of Gotham. Um, and, you know, Penguin hires Deathstroke to uh, be like his lead general or something like that. And, you know, he starts to dip into things that he shouldn't be and Amanda Waller has to assemble the team uh, to stop not only Deathstroke, but Penguin. So, you know, you can issue in another Batman you do a lot. character like the Penguin. Um, you know, just just saying, I thought that that one clip yeah. from the Justice League trailer where they said he's been MIA could be used as a bigger platform in Harley and Joker or Suicide Squad uh, Part 2. No, I agree. Uh, Nick, what do you think? Uh, man, I gotta say, I think what they should do, and Dane, I know you n- know this from me because I've talked about it before. I think they should utilize uh, as their as their blueprint, Suicide Squad Volume Three from the comics, um, in which they basically go into the Middle East to try to stop a, 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 a chemical weapon. It's a Dubai. Uh, basically, they they infiltrate a. Dubai-based global conglomerate company called Hawk Bruton. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. And they have this viral <laughs> weapon 
and they have to go in and, and basically stop it. And there's there's a lot that goes on in, in Volume 3. There's, like, some dinosaurs and all this kind of shit that, of course, you would <laughs> cut out. Um, I mean, it's comics. What are you going to do? But, like, the yeah. essence of the of Volume 3 of Suicide Squad in the comics is they go in and they try to stop this, this you know, uh, this weapon. And I think that would be great, great. And I think also it would be terrific. Like, you send the team in. They can they can you know try to uh, confiscate this weapon and destroy it or, or 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 you know bring it back to America or whatever um, and you know I think you could introduce uh, Dead Deathstroke in that um, he could be like the the kind of um, uh, the red herring or not red herring but like the 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 um, ace in the hole for the bad guys to to bring up. You could have, you kill off a lot of people. Um, they could bring more people on of of whom could be killed off, and I I just think that would be super super cool. And like essentially they they go in and they you know uh, land in this in this Dubai based uh, uh, setting, you know try to try to get this 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 uh, virus um, that that you know this this basically a terrorist, terrorist organization is going to set off and, you know, fuck up the whole world. And, you know, they go in, they get it, they stop the terrorists. And, like, to me, that is that is the basis of what Suicide Squad should be, is stopping threats like that um, as opposed to stopping uh, supernatural threats that they right. are so ill-equipped to, you know, combat. Um, I want the I mean, call for that one. Yeah, right? I mean, I love that idea. I what just think fuck? whenever they do, I just think whenever they do introduce um, Deathstroke, I want him to kind of be like this boogeyman kind kind of vibe, like someone that you know you you've heard stories of, but well, if you've seen him, you, go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I was just going to say my notion of it is he's kind of introduced in the third act of this whole shindig. Like, the first act is, you know, uh, the team doing, like, some kind of uh, odd job, kind of like a a Bond film where there's, like, a mission that's at the beginning. um, But instead of, like, um, you know, condensing it down to a – uh, like an opening scene, you actually have it be like a, a a whole first act, and then the second act is them taking on this mission, and so you know the the second act is them following through with this mission and everything else, and then the the third act is kind of the the culmination of everything that they've you know tried to go for, and then you know I feel like with this particular storyline, Deathstroke shows up. And right when they're about to um, confront the uh, the particular person who's in charge of Hawk Bruton, again, if I'm pronouncing that wrong, my bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but like when they when they encounter when they try to encounter this guy, you got Deathstroke, who's like a hired you know gun, uh, who shows up, and then you got like you, you could have like Katana and Rick Flagg and, like, a few other, other um, like, kind of almost throwaway characters that you set up 
in the first act of the film as far as new members of, uh, of, of the Suicide Squad, and they die, and obviously Destro kills them. And then mm-hmm. I think it would even be cool that you have um, you have Deadshot like um, show up at the very end, like right before someone's about to be killed, and he like shoots uh, um, uh, Deathstroke's eye, and like he just shoots him, and like the angle like takes out his eye, but doesn't right. kill him, and like and it even can set up like the fact that like he's only got one eye. Um, I, I just I think there's like this. a lot. A lot to be done there. I think there's there's a lot of lore that could be explored, um, but that's just that's just uh, that's just one man's opinion. Yeah, no, 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 no. Kanan. Uh, <laughs> about before we move on to also get your opinion on this, what would you like to see? Uh, we've we've talked at length, and uh, Nick had a great concept. Obviously, what would you like to see with the sequel? As far as the enemy. Yeah, I mean, I would. I mean, I would like to see Deadshot. I mean, I really still hope that there's a place for him in the Batman movie. So, um, That's true. I, I think, I think if, for Suicide Squad, I still, I still wouldn't mind there being some type of um, supernatural like aspect. You know, like you said, King Shark and, and some of like that. So, yeah, I mean, I almost would not like, like a, shamans and fucking wizards and shit. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind like an abbreviated version of the Legion of Doom, like maybe like Vandal Savage and Solomon Grundy. Uh, I mean, maybe some other you know characters as well that we might not see cool. uh, in other movies. Uh, you know, them going up against. Um, I, I think you know with Gotham introducing Solomon Grundy, I mean it'd be pretty cool to see uh, you know them translated to the big you know the big screen. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Does someone have speakerphone on? Yeah, I'm. Uh, I was trying to let you know I'm out. Uh, so the second half started, so I am gone. Thank you, Geek Vibes Nation. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, man. Thank you, Nick. See you, See you man. Adios, bro. Later. All right, and then there were four. The Fantastic Four, if you will. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I feel like with Deathstroke. Um, what I would like to see personally, and this is probably not kind of how it's play out, is that he does make a cameo. It's changed from whatever capacity they had it beforehand, but he makes some type of cameo with Batman, small interaction. It kind of sets up an aspect of the story for him to go after Dick. Then you have him in Nightwing and in Suicide Squad 2. Uh, you go from there, maybe put him in a Titans movie as a villain then. Just build the character arc. You can build him in small parts and films, and then make him that fully de- developed villain that has reasons to have hatred with everyone. Like we don't have to expect everything that already happened. We'd like to. I like to see a story arc with each character and something like that. And then maybe you bring him back. And at the like opening of Batman Two or the Batman Two, if you will, uh, it's Dick and Batman taking down Deathstroke finally and kind of putting him away in jail before the actual story happens. Something like that. So who knows? We'll have to find out. We got another huge uh, news item that I was I, – it's not that I, I found it hard to believe, guys. It's just what the hell is going over with Lucasfilms? Uh, Colin Trevorrow leaves as director of Star Wars Episode Eight. They don't have, currently have a director on the last episode of this trilogy, or Episode Nine. Oh, yeah, that's right. I apologize. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give the floor to you, Joel. Uh, how did this hit you, and uh, is this a bad thing for the Star Wars? 
community? I mean, it's not a good. It was a shock, but I'd say we we heard we've heard um, some murmurings about it a couple like a couple months ago that it might happen. That some people were like, "Oh, take him off, take him off," because of what happened with the Book of Henry, his last movie. I know a lot of people didn't like it. Um, I didn't think that was fair to him. I didn't think I didn't really. I didn't think anything was going to happen. I thought he was going to stay on. He was going to do what he had to do. And then reality hit smacked us right in the face, and he's gone. And you're like, at least it was, a, I think, a, a better parting than what happened with the uh, with these guys from uh, the Han Solo movie, which, which is sad. What Lord Miller. Him, but or Josh no, Trank. Josh Trank was a bad one, too. That was terrible. Yeesh. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, they've had some bad outings with certain directors, which is kind of sad. And it's like it does not make them look good on the inside of things. But, honestly, for me, uh, I haven't hated the movies they've given me so far. So, so far it hasn't really reflected in their movies. And as long as it doesn't reflect in their movies, I don't really care um, what happens in, in, in uh, behind the scenes because it's not really our business. Again, we don't know. It just does not make them look good. Uh, and if it does reflect in the movies, then it's going to be obviously an issue. And we can't have the at least not the episodic movies get hit because episode eight looks fantastic. So uh, we'll see what happens. Juwan, is there is there trouble over uh, Star Wars right now? Um, no, uh, <clears throat> I think um, a lot of these uh, directors have a clear direction and path of what they want. And um, Disney or whatever the powers may be um, definitely have a different direction that they, yeah. that they want. Um, reason why it's not really a big deal, I told you guys there was um, there was some favoritism going on. The current director of the Star Wars um, movie, one who's doing eight, uh, yes, Ryan Johnson, they really, really, really loved that guy. And they were looking for a reason after they had already committed to uh, – Colin, they were looking for a way to kind of get Ryan back to do um, part nine. Uh, I mean, it's not really a big deal that he's gone, um, mainly because you have um, him in your pocket and you have, uh, what's his name that directed seven, uh, Force Awakens? Um, J.J. Abrams. Yes. You have both of them in your back pocket. So, I mean, at any point, unless they want to go a different di- uh, director completely, um, both of those guys you have in your pocket. So, um, they they were looking to get away from him. And, you know, the quote that came out was, or the story that came out was, you know, different creative differences. But that, that story always comes out whenever a director leaves. Um, but there was a lot of uh, hidden politics behind that. That makes sense. I just wonder personally if uh, Star Wars gets like the benefit of the doubt because they're under the Disney uh, family thing. And I mean, I, that makes sense because they are under Disney that that they will get everything straightened out because, you know, Disney usually doesn't have the type of problems. If you look at Marvel, yeah, there was uh, the one thing with um, Baby Driver director uh, Adam. Exactly. But they were able to pull everything out. So, uh, Kanan, how do you feel about all this? Uh, well, I mean, like uh, Juwan said, I mean, I, I think Kathleen Kennedy has a hard time uh, getting along with certain directors. I heard her and Abrams butted heads a lot. Uh, I think, um, you know, we know for a fact that uh, there's a couple other directors that got dropped. You know, Lord Miller got dropped from Han Solo. Yeah. 
so Ron Howard's pretty much come in and, you know, redone everything. Um, but, yeah, Ryan Johnson has been a corporate kiss-ass, and he's done everything the way they wanted. And I think that, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't think that they would mind bringing him back. But, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, I know Book of Henry wasn't a huge success, but, I mean, look how, you know, uh, Colin Trevorrow had, you know, uh, a huge success with the Jurassic World. Uh, I think, you know, you kind of have to uh, – I mean, I don't know the I don't know the complete details because they haven't really said them. He, he may have wanted to go in there and just completely butcher something. He may have just been like, I want Ray to get – Killed five minutes into the movie. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, there's no telling what he said, but I do know that. I don't think he has that big Kennedy, yeah. No, I'm just saying. To me, don't know to, me to me, to me, like Kathleen Kennedy, Kennedy is Vince McMahon, with. and and Colin Trevorrow is like a fucking jobber. Like I wouldn't, you know, I don't know if I would mess with her. If that's a good wrestling reference. Sorry well, about that, Cannon. Yeah, yes. Yeah, I mean, she's. I mean, she's very strict. I mean, they. Uh, like I said, her and Abrams butted heads. So, I mean, I could see them going back with Ryan Johnson to uh, carry on the next because, you know, like I said, he's 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 a yes man. He's going to do everything that I they mean, tell him to. To be fair, it's, yeah. it's really unusual the way Kathleen has gone about doing this saga. The fact that she wants three separate directors, or she at, at one point wanted three separate directors. Yeah, Abrams very wants odd to do the whole thing. Yeah, it's very odd to me, especially because Abrams could have done all three. He desperately wanted to do all three. He said after he read well, episode um, eight, he uh, he was like, damn, man, I wish I was directing this. I thought that was really weird. Uh, that'd be like if the Russos did Winter Soldier and then uh, Kevin Feige was like, yeah, you know what? Thank you. Um, we kind of want to go a different direction for uh, Civil War. He's like, wait, what? Why? <laughs> it's working. Why not just have him continuously finish it out? Don't, don't so, broke what's It's just weird that they do. What doesn't need to be fixed? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Oh, yeah. We got so one more subject. We got one more subject, and then we're going to be tuning out of here, guys. So this one involves. Uh, hey, wait, wait. Do you guys hear that in the background? What is that? Do you guys hear that? What the fuck is that? Sounds like someone's coming out of here. <laughs> Ah, no one said John Cena sucks. I'm proud of you guys. All right, guys, we have a news story. Apparently, there are rumors, flash rumor, rumors, rumors. John Cena is apparently uh, being looked at to play uh, Shazam opposite The Rock, who's playing Black Adam in the Shazam movies. Uh, apparently, they're, they're going to be doing a Black Adam movie first with The Rock uh, so he can get what he wants. And then they're going to be making this movie between the two of them within the next couple of years. Uh, there's nothing that's been confirmed or anything like that. The question is why John Cena should be given a shot to be Shazam. And when I'm, I'm, I'm presenting that question with you guys, um, for, with a couple words, just explain to me why you think he should be. Or if you don't, tell me why you don't think he should be. Uh, Juwan, let's start with you. Um, I'm fine with it. Uh, he has the look, um, the you know, the way he carries himself being uh, a favorite of, of the kids. He's kind of, you know, really um, playful with his character in wrestling. I think he kind of fits the mold of what you'd want Shazam to be. Um, and honestly, the Rock vs. Cena in movie format would be a lot of fun. To everyone who's slamming Cena as an actor, 
Let's not forget the Rock had a very rocky start, uh, no pun intended, when he first jumped into acting. So let's oh, give pun. Cena uh, an opportunity. Yeah, I, I do agree with you, uh, Joel. What do you think? I'm all for it, honestly. Uh, when I, I was fine with it when people were fan casting him. Um, I'm like, wow, John Cena. I think about it. I'm like, he has it. I think I think he's a good enough actor to do hold his own. I don't think you need to be a, an A-list actor to pull off Shazam. You need to look like a giant boy. And John Cena still looks like a giant boy. <laughs> Maybe, you know, it's like Channing Tatum, like, the same reasoning. <laughs> he has maybe it's the jorts. Uh, maybe that's what does it for me. But it's just, I think he can pull it off. I mean, they're gonna go into production too. We're gonna hear something soon about this because they're already in pre-production for this movie. So I can't wait to find out finally, so we can settle this and not worry about who's gonna be what. But I'm so down if if this is what it comes down to. If the rumors are true and Cena is the man, I'm gonna make like a, not that. It, not that it's even that big of a deal to me, Joel, but I'm going to make such a big deal about it if it does happen on Facebook, just so a lot of people can be just having their angry faces on my post. People are going to oh, be God, so mad. Think. Anyways, Kaden, <laughs> how do you feel about this whole concept? I mean, I don't think Cena's any worse of an actor than Dave Bautista, so, I mean, I think Cena's actually, I mean, he's he's made his whole living being an actor, True. so... Uh, I think the I don't think it's so much emphasis needs to be on who they cast as Shazam. I mean, Cena gets it; that's great. I think it's going to be who they cast as Billy Batson. I think that's who's going to, um, yep. you know, they really need to nail um, that role. Um, but if Cena does get it, then before, uh, then the kid playing Billy Batson has to say, "You can't see me" instead of Shazam, and that's how he becomes Shazam. <laughs> No, no, that's not. God damn it! All right, I, just just to be but, honest with you, before yeah. we we kind of we kind of exit the the show, with me it's like I just think that this was this is gold marketing wise because it is Rock versus Cena. I mean, and I've I've talked about this. You can incorporate a wrestling event with the two of them going at it again uh, to to build to this. I mean, if you do that at Mania and you have this come out in like two months later, like that's that's ridiculous. You don't have to have like obviously be the main event or anything, but between that, between kids knowing John Cena just in general, just hit, look, about him like visually being as goofy and dumb in the face looking, all smiley and shit next to Henry Cavill's Superman. Like, and I, I just think that, you know, when it comes for an actor, I give a lot of shit to, back, or to, to wrestlers. When it comes to Cena, he's been working on his stuff for a while. He was great in that, that Jamie, uh, Amy Schumer movie that I can't think of right now uh, to save my life. But, and he was also really train wreck and she was also he was also really good in the wall he's playing a fucking kid in a, in a in a giant superhero's body i think that he could do it and yeah there has to be a reference to don't see me just like black adam's gonna have to do the rock bottom but make it very subtle so that's all i have to say i will I, I think that it would be a fun idea i think there's better actors that could play it but if he ends up getting it i think it's, a, it's very smart to cast him uh, for many different principles, but guys, we had one hell of a show. You know, we had it just started as me and Kanan, and then it grew like a bunch of pimples on an ass, and then we were where we are today, and that, that's lots of pimples on the ass, especially from Juwan. Thanks, Juwan. Um, I'm just kidding. I do what I can. Juwan brought his uh, transmitted diseases from his uh, nightly rendezvous with his paid friends. 
Yeah, I swear, any, guys, if the cops come knock on my door because of this goddamn episode, What's I'm doing each and every one of you. <laughs> yeah, what, what, yeah, what is your address so we can uh, have them no, that's come okay. back your house? That's okay. God, that, that sounds like a lot of fun. All right, well, just, I guess we should get out of here. Just look for the red light uh, at Juwan's house. Uh, just don't get craps, man. That's going to suck. All right, either way. Let me just say uh, thank you to all of my wonderful co-hosts tonight. Uh, thanks for Nick for calling in. Um, thanks for our other buddy, uh, Shiraz, for calling in. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. And uh, definitely yeah. check us out next week. We're going to have a great show. Check out my wrestling show. Yeah, I'm going to plug it because I can. Um, on Wednesday nights, Wrestling Geeks Alliance at 8. Uh, always having fun with Christopher and Michael Rosenbaum and, is, and Michael Rosenbaum is still coming out. Yeah. Yes, he is. Uh, he's still coming out. <laughs> We just accommodate to our guests because that's the right thing to do. So uh, let me yeah. let me say goodbye to everyone. Uh, Kanan, you were there from the beginning um, when the sun was made. Uh, how, uh, have a good night, man, and say goodbye to the people out there. Goodbye, everybody. Uh, appreciate y'all for listening. We had a great guest. Uh, appreciate Shiraz for coming on, and uh, talk to y'all next week. Joel, Word. your last name is Joel. Not really. Say goodbye. No. Nope. No, it's not. But yeah, bye, guys. It was fun. I can't wait to do this again next week. Let's let's do it. Yeah, and Jawan, who finally was able to make it with us or mate with us. You have a good night, sir, and don't eat onions. Um, I'll try not to, and I'll try to avoid this prison sentence you and Kanan so richly want me to uh, serve. Well, you know we do what we can around here over at Geek Vibes, but uh. <laughs> Yeah, prison senses come with it. So you guys have a good one out there. Have a good Saturday night. This is Stuart Allen, and you're listening to Geek Vibes Live. This is Stuart Allen, and you're listening to Geek Vibes Live. This is Stuart Allen, and you're listening to Geek Vibes Live. This is Stuart Allen, a.k.a. Damian Wayne, and you're listening to Geek Vibes Live. This is Stuart Allen, a.k.a. Robin, and you're listening to Geek Vibes Live. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.